Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for Hot Takes. You already know that guy. I'm Young Shiro. Um, we appreciate you guys being here and letting us know about any Thank weirdness yeah. with audio, video, or just anything whatsoever. Um, thank you, Tech, for rating us. Love you, bro. Um, we're going to get started with yeah. a... Yeah. Oh, my God. Equip, thank you for following us. We are going to get started with a hot take. Ooh. Do you, uh, you want to go first? No, you go first, because I'm first. still deciding okay. mine. Hot take. I think all music is beautiful, but I think we have to respect music that is objectively difficult to make. Okay, so you are so, saying right now, go ahead. So chat, what are your thoughts? And then I think that honestly, I don't make music, but I honestly believe so, that if music is difficult to make or time consuming or just there's some aspect about it that you have to have a particular skill set to do, even if it doesn't move you as much as music that's more easy to make, I think you have to respect it just for that fact alone. Okay. What do you think? You're the musician here. Okay. Well, I mean, so let's. So it's kind of it's kind of a difficult thing, right? Yeah. So you know, do I have to respect a musician who's just extremely good at what they do, but I don't really feel anything from their music? Do I have to respect them? I mean, I guess though, I guess, but I have to respect every artist, right? So it's not, you know, respect isn't just set for the people who are experts at their instrument, right? I have respect for everybody who makes artists, who puts themselves out, just because of the very nature of putting yourself out there in the first place, right? That's fair. You know, yeah. everybody who makes art and puts their art out there, I have respect for, you know? And but I don't have terribly more respect for any one over any other type of one. De, de, de regardless of that. how great they are. I feel that. And, and I agree I don't think I want to give somebody who's just really good at their instrument more respect. Really? I, however... You don't, you don't no. respect someone who's like honed their craft for years and years and years and maybe can like put Not their fingers more, in places that other okay, people can Okay, fine. But like, yeah, I respect them. What? But, you know, we're talking about the art they make or who they are. I guess what, it's a different kind of respect, huh? I guess. I mean, I respect anybody who works really hard at anything, right? And that's fine. So I respect the guy who's really good at piano or guitar the same way I respect the chef who's really good at cutting a bunch of celery quickly or something. I don't know. Or, <laughs> or preparing someone that a really is interesting dish able to do everything. Dish. Even if I don't like the dishes, even if I don't like the dish, right? right? But the idea of respecting art more because of one thing or another is a whole other situation, a whole other thing, right? Like, I don't respect the one artist who's really great at piano more than the other artists who put together some very simple collage, right? Okay. You know, fair. I respect them the same, and I don't respect the guy who's really good at his piano more <laughs> than the collage guy at all. I don't have any difference between my respect for them. I respect you know, on a that. On a technical level, I do respect the guy who's real, who's master's interest. On an artistic level, the fucking playing field is level, it is motherfucker. Level. Look Make at what challenging time. art, and just because it's complicated, don't mean it's challenging, right? Level, Fair. Fair. Playing field is leveled in art now, so it's got to move me. And if it doesn't move me, I don't give a fuck how hard you worked on it. I don't care. A fair point. Like, that but Rory, B1, Rory B11 says you don't have to respect everyone who makes art. Some artists don't deserve respect because they're awful, awful people. Oh, that's like a whole other issue, right? Um, Can you man, separate the like, art from the artist? 
that's like almost a personal decision I for know, every right? Damn, we're getting person. deep super early. Shit, Rory. We got deep so early. Oh my God, Rory, we're four minutes in. That's a hard question. <laughs> Thank you for asking it. It's a really hard question, right? And the problem is that I can't really prescribe it one thing for everybody. There are, you know, there are artists. Sometimes some people, you know, can separate it. Some people can't. And it's really just what you're comfortable with at the end of the day. Um, I would say though, that if an artist that, you know, if you are one of those people that separates the art from the artist, and that's great, if that's the case, I would say, yes, you can enjoy that music uh, because that your experience with that music is your experience with that music. And no one can take that away from you, not even the horrible person that made it. You know what I mean? That's your experience, that's for you. Real but shit. I would say, maybe don't go to see their concerts live anymore maybe don't purchase their music maybe don't, if you really if they're doing something that you extremely disagree with whether or not the art moves you or not maybe step take down the amount of support you give them monetarily you know you, there's sometimes there's really nothing we can do about the art because the art i mean if an artist unfriends me on facebook i scared? always torrent their music <laughs> <laughs> you know what so i mean so don't unfollow like, me on facebook you know what I mean, though? Like, if the art moved you, and then you found out later they were a complete piece of shit, what are you supposed to do? You can't know, unmove right? yourself. Yeah. You experience that. You experience that with the art. And I you know the artist yeah. turned out to be a douchebag or a horrible person or did something terrible. Like, what are you going to do? You can't. And where do you draw the line? Them. You know, well, like, you could, oh my god. There's, there's I the mean, Me Too that's movement. Different. Obviously, those people are terrible, right? Don't condone anything they did. And then there's people who like maybe. Betrayed would be a word I would use. Be very, very appropriate. Um, I don't know. I guess it just kind of depends on what they did. You know, hey man, like Roman Polanski. Really this is Ugh. so. This is. Oh my God. This is so. Why are we getting? Why are we getting into this? Do you want to roll into the next hot take? No. No, I want to continue this just for one, just to put a pin on it really quick. Um, and to put the pin on put it pin is on that it. this is. Well, this is a very this is a thing that's going to be different for every single person. You know what I mean? Right. There's you know everybody's going to react to this sort of thing differently. You know, my biggest thing, my best advice is that you know once again, you know if you if the art moved you, it moved you. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't True. unmove yourself more from that experience you had. So you can still feel free to enjoy the art that moved you. Just, just try support, not to yeah. just try not to support the the, the the vessel the awful imperfect gross vessel that created it because at the end of the day mm -hmm. like a lot of these artists are just vessels for the art that come through them and they're human beings and you know we you know the art is almost something completely different right oh I mean, my honestly, god that's the, other why, that's the other reason why we shouldn't really worship artists in general in my opinion because we shouldn't really worship anybody in my opinion no you're right you know, everybody's everybody in my opinion is just the vessel through which something travels and you're you know, absolutely right. That, that's the thing. And like, I actually think the whole, you know, I think it's kind of, kind of gross. to. And you guys already brought really up HKD up seven minutes in. Come on now. Oh, is that happening? <laughs> Somebody, <laughs> Rory brought up Azalea Banks, which nicely done. Oh, love that little bit that, uh, that Rory mentioned in the chat. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. I, I, I like that. I agree with that, man. You can, you can, you cannot be unmoved. But you can stop supporting. You can stop supporting, but you cannot be unmoved. But you sadly, cannot, you cannot you know I mean? undo that. You cannot go back and be like, nope, didn't feel that. It happened. Yeah. I mean, I fucking can't stand Morrissey. He was the worst dude oh, ever. Dude. But like, what am I supposed to do? Unmove the first time I unmove myself from the first time I heard the Smiths? I can't do it, man. I, feel I that, can't man. do it. <laughs> I feel that. Sounds know? like uh... I, I, I experienced it. What am I supposed to do? I can't un, I can't take away that experience of the first time of hearing something like that. 
Oh shit, we got some differences of opinions in the chat. Um, yeah, the Smiths are amazing, even if Morrissey deserves a beating. Well said, Sleep Pattern. He does deserve it. Well, you know, he does... You know, what are you going to do? Like, I'm not going to go I wish you guys spend my money on it, but... Right now. <laughs> I'm not going to go spend my money on it, but... I can't just, like... I, I can't I can't go back and change what I felt the first time I heard something like that, you know? Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, I, I... We can only be sanctimonious up to a certain point before we have to admit that we're also human. I think my, like, my saddest moment was when I realized that when I heard all that shit about what Kevin Spacey did, I was like, oh, oh my God. God. He was in so many films that, I mean, now are kind of cliche. Man. But when I was growing yeah. up and I was just getting into like film and like, you know, normie art yeah, films, I, I was like, oh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, I you know? was the same way because I yeah. got to him. I was like around probably the same time as you. Like, yo, I started being like, oh my God, Kevin Spacey's in American the Beauty was a gateway movie. Uh, Absolutely. Well, for, was. Me, for me, The Usual Suspects was a gateway movie. And from that, like, I was like, I want to see other things he was in that led me to like, Swimming with Sharks or Seven. And, I don't oh. think he was acting. That cold look Man, in his I face. I think that's like, how he is. I don't want. Can we? Can we move on to another? Yes. I can't. Please. Can we not talk? Lux, about how Kevin have you Spacey? not seen American Beauty? All right. Anyways. Oh God. Um, What's uh, in the okay. box? Let's talk about another. Let, let, okay. Um, how long? Okay. So what should we do now? We want to talk about another hot take. You want me to do one? Sure. Or should we get Colin? Sure. Do a do a hot take, and then if you want to talk about a track recommendation. That's another thing we want to do, guys. Oh, okay. If you're down, you know I'm going to tell you yeah. about a track that I found recently that I really like, and then you can do one, or we can skip that. It's whatever. Okay. Well, I feel like the you know you did a hot take. I don't want to like take up so much more time. So why don't I do a little bit of a recommendation right now? Okay. Uh, you do right, a recommendation right now. Um, you know, I really have been uh, very much into. Uh, I think uh, Be Careful has a new album, Liminal Spaces. Oh yeah. And that's pretty fucking dope, man. That guy. Is Careful really is cool. He's been creating some really interesting textured pieces, and um, he's just got a lot of energy and a lot of creativity in him. And I, I'm kind of, after I heard that album, I, I kind of want to see what is going to happen next, because he's an interesting figure, and he's really uh, being very active oh, in the Sleep scene Pattern says and... his VHS sold out in minutes. Minutes. Damn! And, I don't, I don't, and I'm, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. Yeah, I he's love the cover. Like he's... Oh, yeah, no, the man's got a lot of uh, energy and ideas behind him right now. And I'm very interested to hear where he goes next. I think he's going to be another big person to watch for, uh, for sure. And uh, also another big person to watch for. I mean, obviously, in my opinion, is going to be uh, my sister's Fugazi shirt with those Nautilus okay, albums yeah. that they've been creating. Those are Can great you maybe amazing. describe what Be Careful and What My Sister's Fugazi Shirt sound like to anyone here who be hasn't careful, heard them? This, so oh, be hey, Be like Careful. Be Careful's in here. Yeah, well, he's here. Great. I was just shouting you out. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a wonderful combination of these hypnagogic synth, synth um, textures layered over occasional uh, sparse trap beats once in a while or other types of, oh, wow. uh, you know, interesting percussions. And it's pretty otherworldly stuff, and he's really doing a great job with it. And I do also want to talk about, uh, just for one more recommendation, definitely uh, my, sister Fuz my sister's Fugazi shirt with those Nautilus albums, which are the soundtrack for a uh, kind of a fake uh, PlayStation uh, RPG, Final Fantasy oh, style. Oh, I love and that kind very, of shit. Yeah, it's really beautiful world building, and he's doing a great job and um, getting a lot of attention lately for especially the last one he just made, the third one. And uh, I really uh, hope, can't wait to see what he does next. And uh, he's another Philadelphia guy, too. So that's cool. Another Philly Vapor guy. 
Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Um, in Rail says, hey Isaac phone man, I found an iPhone 10 or later model on the ground. It is locked and there's no information on the lock screen. How do I find the owner? Uh, the owner is up your butt. <laughs> Just kidding, but for real. Um, take it to a phone store and they can probably pull the IMEI and find the owner. Give it up for Enrail. Ease in the chat for Enrail for being a very kind and beautiful person for returning a valuable device. Oh, my sister's oh, yeah. Fugazi shirt was on Liminal Cove. Okay. Oh, you what? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. Gabrielle is sick too. Love Windows 96. I love that um, Windows 96 can um, do dark synth, uh, VHS pop. Or yeah, just whatever you want to call song. it. He's all over the place. Yeah, the, with the, with the uh, White Gabriel album. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Sick-ass album, right? Um, yeah, Big Gabriel. Nice, nice, excellent, creative thing. Creative, yeah. musically creative thinker, you know? And I really, it really comes through in his tracks in every type of project he does, and I think that's awesome. Should we bring on, um, you know, before we do any more hot takes, should we bring Colin on? You think you think we should? Who wants us to bring Colin on? Should we bring Colin on? Should we bring Colin on? in the chat for the Wiz. I'm using the chat for our buddy. Oh, Lux mentioned Gudong. That's another another side oh, project. How about that one? Yeah. Um, I think we should. Uh, I think we should. You want to unmute yourself, Colin? And, yeah. Uh, let's Where get you. Uh, let's let's get this TV to work. Oh, there's the tracking button. Hey, okay. what's up, Wiz? Hey. Wait. How's it going, everybody? Better now that you're here. I'm looking at the stream. Okay, oh, there yeah. you go. You oh, brought me go. on right when Are I we, started. Uh, Wait a minute. So Good. you have a Red Bull. Chris has a Red Bull. I'm starting to get a little FOMO right. here. I was going to have uh, one of those tasty Bud Light seltzer lemonades, but uh, you guys are really brave, too. Thing. It's like 10.15 <laughs> over there. Yeah, well, we got to stay up for this podcast, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we're uh, East Coast, dude. Are most we're of our viewers West Coast, Central, East? I, where are most of you guys from in, in the viewer? Yeah, where are most of our viewers? Of course, we have EXE to MP3. He is... None of the above. Oh, Easter. Looks like we got a lot of East Coasters in here. Look at you. Y'all, y'all genuinely believe the East Coast is the best coast? Oh, I really love the East Coast, man. I have a great time yeah. up here. Uh, I, I don't want to um, say one is better than the other. They're just both different, I guess. That's a very and diplomatic some... response. Yeah, I mean, because I love. Going I'll to say camp. it. Uh oh. West uh -oh. Coast oh, sucks. Oh, West Coast no. sucks. Have you ever been out here? Yes, my uh, future brother-in-law lives in the West Coast. Nothing ever gets done. Oh, shit. Nothing Too laid back. Done. Takes long to get everywhere. Uh, not in Vegas, it ain't laid back. No, sir. One of the first things I learned right, when I I'm moved thinking, here is I'm do not honk at anybody. California. Oh, oh, you know what? Oh, Vegas isn't bad, though. Vegas yeah. isn't bad. I was there. Do not honk at anybody. Yeah. They will shoot you. It's a vibe, right? You know, we have a vibe up here, and it's true, and I am definitely more accustomed to the East Coast vibe, and I like being busy. I like talking fast. I like moving quickly. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's I what I yeah. I'm totally, you know, obvious, right? Obviously, I'm, I'm like a total product of the East Coast. Um, Jez, I am planning to implement an air horn probably by next episode. But <laughs> I have a, I have a, I do, I do really, but how much do you like just appreciate this sort of chilled out accepting vibe on the West Coast? It's so fun. Like, I don't, I don't you like don't, it. You don't, you don't that have like, that makes me anxious. You don't have a night. You get anxious talking to like Frank. Well, Jossie. did you grow like, up? Come on, that guy's so where chill. You are? He's like the most West. Yeah. Coast, yeah. So you grew yeah. up where you're I, living right now. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm, I think my him. characteristics are like if you watch uh, what's that Midnight Cowboy, I'm Dustin Hoffman's character. Like I can't Dustin not Hoffman. be. Isn't that the movie with the? I can't. I'm walking walk here. I'm walking yeah. here. You're, you're Ratso Rizzo. I'm a rat. <laughs> I'm a ratso. Maybe now that I'm thinking about that, I, I remember that. Mm. Do you know he what? Got a pretty funny... sick. I'm hoping I'm not on that. <laughs> no, he dies on the... a little bit spoiler, of spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert, alert, guys. A little bit of Ratso Rizzo. So you know what's true. So you know what's well, I mean, yeah. So that's like Ratso is based on the character from uh, Dustin Hoffman in that movie. So fun thing about that, fun fact about that film is that that movie was made right off the heels of The Graduate coming out. So Dustin Hoffman was kind of like a little bit of like a crush for a lot of girls back then. And so <laughs> many times, like while they were filming Midnight Cowboy, like all the girls knew him from The Graduate. So every time they were shooting these scenes, they'd be like, "It's Dustin Hoffman." And they would go crazy, and they'd have to shut down shots because he was just too popular with the ladies on the street. Oh, shit. Even in that disgusting crazy. makeup, yeah. Like, but they all recognized him from the Graduate. So, uh, fun little Graduate story. But, Dustin um, Hoffman's great, though. I really hope. Let's talk about artists okay. we hope don't have anything bad come out of them. The Wizard <laughs> of Loneliness. Dustin Hoffman's on there for me. Uh, yeah, for sure. He's definitely Dustin not a musical. Hoffman. Not for his music. Oh, he <laughs> makes music. No, he doesn't. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm so disappointed. Not really related. You were talking about Kevin Spacey. I, I literally earlier. started I like, Googling. Oh, that one sucked. That sucked. Um, that did suck. That's so disappointing when these things happen. I do not want you know, Yeah, It sucks David for the people that are, you know, victims in the case. It, it also Kyle sucks McLachlan. for people that like this stuff. Yeah, it fucking horrible Kyle for the victims. It would be terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's most important, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that goes without saying. Farplane says if Animal Collective got Me Too, it would crush him, but he thinks Ooh. we're in the clear. Me Too, man. Animal Collective, I feel like, is super seminal to the, the chill wave scene. At least uh, Panda Bear is. Oh, Do you guys um, uh, agree or yeah, disagree? I mean, but, you know, but, oh, I do, but here's, um. however, I will say that unfortunately... Uh -oh. Oh, Unfortunately, no. Panda Bear... I mean, um, oh, no. you know, Animal Collective is fine. Do I need I mean, to mute this real quick? One of the big reasons. Hold on. No, it's, it's just we're gonna get like, like you know, yeah, six degrees of uh, Kevin. No, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon right now, basically. So, yeah. you know, Animal Collective, in my opinion, in my opinion, also one of the big people to really push music in the right direction. You know, I really do feel like we were hitting that point in like the late two thousands when things were getting really stale. Indie rock was getting Boy, very, 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 very overproduced, and I do think Animal Collective was one of those like was one of those bands that you listen to as a reprieve from all the, the sterilized music that was out there. Like Animal Collective was a breath of fresh air and I really do think it helped push push us in the right direction with music. But anyway, my thing is that, remember that Animal Collective started an imprint label called Paw Tracks. Paw Tracks. Do you know, do you know why Animal Collective started the imprint label Paw Tracks? Do you know why? They started for one reason. They only started for one reason and then, then the label actually shut down shortly after. Do you know what they started it for? That Kevin Spacey is it, is it, It's because <laughs> of what Lux said, isn't it? It's because of Ariel Pink. It's because they started it for Ariel Pink because they got Ariel Pink's demos and they yeah. loved the music. So I remember much, he had a lot of stuff. They decided to start there. a label to release it. And I just felt so bad for Animal Collective with all this shit fucking came I mean, down. So I guess like it was kind of known by anyone in the industry back then what he was like. It but... was? I guess it was. That's what I'm told. Anyone, uh, anyone that, that like like tours or that like has been in music is always like, oh yeah, he's always been that way. Um, Fucking cool. And Farplane says, I don't think they're guilty by association per se. You yeah, I, don't I don't think they're guilty. I don't think they're guilty. 
I, I'm joking right now, guys. Like, I'm that was not that wasn't me. That's a hot take. That was a joke. I was just I was making a joke. Oh, whoops. Hold on. There we go. Yeah, I was just joking with that. Um, I need to get a hot takes gif to pop up. Animal Collective is fucking brilliant, beautiful get human beings. Guy. Thank God. Get the, I'd buy that for a dollar, guys. Wiz, God. Wiz, <laughs> are you an Animal Collective fan? Um, yeah, I like the, was it, post-Merryweather Pavilion era stuff. And then I so probably crazy. fell off. I think I definitely, I was wooed by the very generic indie music that was coming out. I think what you were saying, Isaac, around 2009, but that's... I, I'm are we talking like Passion Pit, Nikkei Snow type stuff, or are you talking like... No, I'm talking once, like Tokyo uh, Police Club and shit like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. The indie, <laughs> like indie rock stuff was Hot very take. tame. Tokyo Police and, Club uh, is very yeah. boring music. A any, any band that sounded like yeah. they were making music for an iPhone commercial. Vampire basically. Weekend. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I, I they like were, Vampire Weekend. I think they were earlier. <laughs> Sometimes. I like Vampire Weekend, but I could see there was a lot of bands that wanted to be like Vampire Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I think the problem was. Oh my God, Lux Elite was, says fuck was... Vampire Weekend. <laughs> oh. oh, I know. I mean, like, I totally. Lead singer is I get annoying. It. He, I, I get annoying. it. Yeah, I, I agree. You could, I think that's. The, I'm, not, I'm the one being. Oh, equipped. Some tongues and feels are absolutely the best ones. Love you for yeah, that. Yeah, I think Kevin. I, I do. That's a really good guess. Here's the thing: is like you only needed one Animal Collective album to really connect with you to just be yeah. shifted in the right direction and like they were if, all if sort of different did, if, and they were exactly that's why yeah. i'm saying like you only kind of needed one who needs the zodiac or personality type quizzes when you can just ask them which animal collective album they like the you best. Would, yeah, yeah right. you know what i mean that's like great. all the like really earthy types really like sung tongs all the like myspace indie rock types really like feels Mer all the people yeah, that really I like really, the electronic sounds of the late 2000s really like Meriwether post pavilion i i really liked Meriwether as well you Me know too. Um, the, yeah. i actually have a funny story about that i this is crazy but i actually took a break from music for a whole year don't know why but i just kind of regressed and just wow. did not why seek, couldn't it be this year? we are right did not know it wasn't this year yeah, right <laughs> it did not seek out any new music ever and the one thing that brought me back was this y'all y'all are gonna kill me it was my girls which overplayed as it is, just hit me so deep. It hit me so it's a really fucking good deep. Song. It really is, yeah. dude. It's really well it's done. It's a beautiful song. It's a really beautiful song, and it's just uh, it's it, it for a lot of people. The first time you hear that song, it's it comes at like the right time for some reason. Like it really hits people at the right it, time it for really, some reason. It, like, it did move me when I heard it. I thought it was great. I found it moving too, and um, I still like it. And I do remember listening to it a lot the first time I heard it. You know. And maybe I, I don't imagine to it quite I'm not as much as ten years later. But Isaac, um, I, I had a feeling you would really like that song because you also um, we were talking about fantastic, fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, the oh, Royal Tenenbaum. Oh, that film yesterday. is so fun. Yeah, and I think anybody that likes Wes Anderson so, at that time, I think that you got into his movies and and I did as well. Yeah, it just seemed to match up that you would be in the same circles hearing that kind of stuff. It was and a really magical was a song time. that was, like Chris was saying, played overplayed as much. It just it it bled into so many circles that that did kind of fit with that vibe. So apparently, so, Chris, that, all that, three that, of us that have a Team Zasubini in our possession. By the way. Oh really? All three of us. That's not. Mm -hmm. Colin put his on yesterday, and his crazy. favorite. Really? He and I have the same favorite Wes Anderson film. Well, what's your favorite? I have a favorite Wes Anderson film as well. Hold on, really quick. I just want to say, uh, propane. I do love the watermelon Red Bull as well. That's one of my favorites. Oh, that's, that and, is the um, best. I like that one too. Yeah. Um, what about and coconut? Also, 
Oh, I don't the like the blue, coconut. the coconut one. Wait, I think one can every which. One. Oh, really? That's it? Oh, are you talking about the white one? Yeah, the white one. The Ooh, blue one is blueberry. Why Hold would a, why um, would a coconut drink be blue? No, the blue. No, not the dark blue one. There's the lighter blue one that was like a summer flavor. You're blue. right. That's so uh, funny. Like the way little... so you know, it's really fascinating to me the way that Red Bull has slowly um, replaced soft drinks for us. Basically, mm -hmm. um, it's been a very uh, it's been a very insidious. It's a process, soda that but does something for once. Well, I mean that's the thing is like you know this is like you know sodas are for the previous generation. Nobody really drinks like a Coke that much anymore when they're on the go. Maybe you have it once in a while with a very savory yes. meal, Pretty but I don't really drink Coke that much anymore. My parents gave me that a lot, but I don't anymore. And then one day I started drinking Red Bull. And it was just an energy drink at first, so I didn't drink it that much. But then one day they started making flavors. And then one day, I, every time I went to 7-Eleven, it was like, buy two, get one for free. So now I've Bro, got one. Man, they got me this. with that, too. So that I got me. Yeah, I think most people five. got into Red Bull from the two... The, the like buy two get more exactly that so now that's what you drink all day and it's like slowly oh, I don't know about all day. <laughs> well i mean what's what you have two of them now right like you drink one and then maybe later yeah. on in the day a lot of kids are i'll have another and believe it or not if you're getting the small ones it's actually less caffeine than a cup of coffee so i think maybe they we got a question in the chat for uh wiz by the way uh towards but 24 anyway, 24 groovy kaiju says do you have any artists Wiz, that you don't like listening to regularly, oh. but really enjoy them live. I like listening to regularly, but really. Uh, you know. Question. That is a great question. There are some acts that are okay, way so better I have live. an answer for that. I have an answer for that. Uh, so my acts that I don't really like listening to just when I'm relaxing here, speaking to my friends and want something in the background is I don't really listen to most modern dubstep or rhythm producers. Um, just, them. you know, just kind of on my own, just chilling, really. And I know yeah. a lot of people do. I'm sure in Rails in the chat, I know he does. He loves <laughs> I all know we just all people. You ask with the question, Skelly will answer. <laughs> but, and like, so like, I do enjoy that music, but like, I really mostly enjoy it at a festival at a festival in a festival environment it hits where, different like, live for sure it, it's so different it's like all of a sudden you know most of the time like you maybe you know when you go to a seat at a festival and there's just like giant speakers and you're under a tent and there's crazy visuals and a bunch of kids dancing in neon bikinis all on molly and you're like hmm. this is the greatest what was this you said I this was called this is all those festivals, man. You know, like all the all the festivals. I remember I went to a festival Easy. outside of and, you know, Austin all that was them, all bass type music, you know, like and people actually were hanging out, jumping yeah, up and down, cool. dancing, completely topless. And I was like, let me just not be weird, but I've never seen that before. Like, wow, people oh, can it's just so fun. What a terrible a time to be pantsless. It, it's what a terrible time I mean, to be pantsless. That's what at least the team. attention was off of me. Um. I'm gonna pop in and say yeah we want to hear it actually the music I lit I I feel bad buying it on vinyl because I know I don't like what I don't like listening to it on stereo is like uh, metal and uh, like especially black metal music I really like uh, this mm. band behemoth and oh, great. like I, I love listening I mean I mean I listen to it in the car which is weird I would listen to it in, in the car but not at home and I have the album and like I I, I, I mean, I feel guilty because the, I, they only released the, I think they're arguing, yeah, I think uh, The Satanist is their best album, I think. Um, and they didn't release a lot of it, so like getting a copy of it on vinyl was like, oh, I really want to track this down just so I have it. On vinyl? 
Yeah. Wild. Yeah, it's amazing too. Is metal um, on vinyl pretty cool? Like, I didn't know that metal people bought a lot of vinyls. Here's the thing. I listen to it like when I'm cycling or uh, exercising. Cycling. You bring the whole it's... fucking vinyl player with you? No, shut up. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> no, um, like I'll listen to it on on YouTube. I'm a I'm big fan serious. of. I I pay for YouTube, so I download you know whatever the album is and then listen to it on that. But the thing is, like I like if I like something that much and I'll keep coming back to it. There's a couple. The Satanist by Behemoth is an amazing album to, uh, you know, ride your bike to. Um, and there's a an album by Death. Uh, what is it? Um, wow, Leprosy is an amazing album to, to ride to. And, you know, I bought those. And then it's like, when am I going to listen to these? These are not the mood I'm ever going to be like, yeah, I feel like sitting here and listening to this. <laughs> it's not. So um, seeing stuff like that. Um, yeah, and, that's you a know, really good point. Like Chris, was, like Chris was saying, and if, you know, when the chance arises to see them in concert, um, I'm gonna grab a drink real like, quick, guys. It's so much better to see live. They do. They are. They, I think Behemoth is probably one of the best bands ever I've seen live. They're really, really good stage presence. Um, what What separates them? Just, just like just the. Uh, just I the mean, they always they uh, black metal bands always have costumes and stuff, but they have a real like. I don't know the vibe. The like. They take. I mean, they're nice guys. I've seen interviews with the guy. Uh, it's mostly what's his name, Bur- Bargle or something. Bargle. They're all. They're all named Nargle, Vargle. Vargle. They're usually all named Nargle, Vargle, or Mortis. Wait, wait. wait. Did you guys start talking about Guar while I went and grabbed a beer? Nurgle. Nurgle. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Weirdo, but um, but like. Uh, well, what's yeah, so weird about him? I'm not familiar with this guy. Oh. He loves. Uh, he's weird because he. I mean, one of the things I don't know what he what. XMP3 is the same, but um, he does a lot of uh, interviews, which is not common. Or um, actually, has he? I've seen. Guar is very fun live. You are correct. He seems so, very nice. So, so the thing that's very intriguing to me about black metal in general, right, is you know, <clears throat> the, the subculture of black metal in general, is mm. that it, it's 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 so fascinating to me because what people what's so fun to keep in mind is how every country based on their culture, based on their history, based on their national identity, will develop a different subculture than another country. You know what I mean? They're absolutely right. Their version of rebellion will look different, right? Like so in America, we have a version of rebel, like our initial like version of like modern underground rebellion, you know, with people with guitars who, were, who held guitars. It looked a lot like punk and hardcore, right? It looked a lot like guys kind of like jumping around and like, fighting against some political system, right? Whatever, or and then the way they were dressed and the way the music sounded and the themes that they had, you know what I mean? The sort mm-hmm. of like street punk themes that they had, that's like very American stuff that went on, right? But now like, let's flip ourselves over to like Sweden or Norway and they you know, are gonna rebel as well, but their rebellion will look very different than the American rebellion will look, where the American one looks like very socio-cultural, sort of like fight, the, fight this political machine, right? Then you look at some kind of like culture like them and there since they have such a long history of like gods and like this sort of weird sort of um, pagan history in the country right but now they're yep. a religious country or now that they are you know they are a christian oh yeah country, the satanism is of, like super offensive so out there. their version of rebellion Apparently. so their version of rebellion is going to look like this pagan dress in black your rebellion is now against this weird 
church and a against like the church of your country or like you know mm -hmm. a return to like this weird pagan version of your country right you wouldn't have i mean if you actually look at a lot of like american black metal i don't know even their lyrics are oftentimes like a band like whoa or something their lyrics are much more political or social yeah blasphemy it's very different man i mean like you could not have had black metal start in america it couldn't possibly start in them. It could only start in those countries because of that strange, mm. because of that specific collection of history, religion, the way that they rebelled and their national identity. You know what I mean? And their pagan history. It's like, you could only have black metal start in those countries. It can spread to the other ones, but it must start in that country. The same way hardcore music must start in America. You know what I mean? Or jazz or whatever, like all these things. It's really fascinating. Did vaporwave you know I mean? start in America? Oh, Babyverse on the internet. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the correct answer there. The reason I brought up black metal originally was because I think there are some parallels between black metal and um, Vaporwave in terms of the splintering off of, of genres, I think. Um, yeah. I, I think I agree with Chris, but he was saying that there is a, um, there's a uh, you know, inherent difference in how they were born out of uh, different oppressive systems, I guess. Um, oh, shit, okay, yeah. I, obviously, the one from metal is a little <laughs> different than, like, I don't. I don't really know what the vaporwave oppression was, but I think breaking free of something is part of, you know, the identity of it. Um, and then there's the similar. Actually, honestly, when the you're rebellion working... is against identity in vaporwave. The identity of it is the concept yeah, of identity. That. That's why it can only start on the internet. This movement. It couldn't mm. start on a country. It couldn't start on land. It can only start in a world where identity is dissolved to begin with. Hang so, on. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't want to derail the subject, but they're talking about in the chat people using real blood at concerts. I don't is that Noir doesn't use thing. real blood. That's for damn no, sure. No, they don't. Well no, but but I mean I bet there were some black metal groups, I mean, that did that. They probably threw some probably blood on somebody from like some carry type uh, situation. Hold on, let's get back let's yeah, get back sorry. Also, um, My bad. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I was just gonna say genres. The splintering of the genres oh. being similar. Well it's I think I think it's interesting to kind of see that some some of these micro genres when it's already small to begin with the they fracture in similar ways like in in black metal you see um uh as you know it's still going on today but there's a uh, small group of of artists that are under the label of like national socialist black metal or nsbm and Gross. that's you know that's a part of that scene um that people like um, in you know, in the general community, are like oh, we don't really like that side of it. And the same side of you know, in vaporwave, we we had a similar sort of thing with hard vapor and the uh, movement towards uh, I hate like <laughs> I don't know how many albums really fall under this, but fash wave and and that whole aesthetic. Was that ever like? Um, like did, were there ever any actual fash wave albums, or was this just? I don't think it was so much that there were albums. It's just that people started saying stuff that was BG like, "All right, you're going oh from God. being a troll to being just like saying shitty stuff all the time, yeah. kind of I mean, stuff." And I, I so I, I associate yeah. that with like, okay, if people were saying they were into that, it was a pretty good marker that they were, you know, a shitty person. Yeah. Um, same like as in NSBM, you'd be like, okay, well, they probably. I mean, it's you can't you can't obviously generalize based on what somebody likes. They might be somebody that's an outlier that you know isn't. They're like, I just like the music, but I really don't. I, when it's such a niche thing, this is like micro. Yeah, niche how did you genre, find that? that it's like on. you looked it up. You know, like yeah. Um, so I I kind of don't buy that excuse, um, especially with how wow. aware consumers are of what they're looking. I mean, like you do stumble on some things from time to time from like, oh, this was the music in. I don't I mean, I don't use TikTok, but, you know, people 
stumble on music from hearing it in there. But they usually go and look up <clears> stuff. <throat> I mean, I kids these days, I I know from from talking with a lot of kids, but they're pretty aware of all the stuff that goes on with the artist, like everything, their personal life, what they're doing, um, if they like them. And Why also, don't you use like, TikTok? Yeah. You know what's tough about the... Your um, skits would be great on TikTok. So yeah, I could. The I thing know. about, the thing about uh, what, what it feels like with a lot of the Norwegian... You know, I, I'm no expert on this, but with a lot of the... Uh, I'm an expert the, the, the on Norwegian, Norway. Swedish, uh, black metal, and how that was able to move so easily into that space of Nazism is because it's just a bunch of white people in those countries anyway. Like, they don't have... You know, it's not even like they would even be trolling. They'd be like, what's the problem? We don't even know any better. Like, they don't. There is. I can only speak from the Swedish side of that, but there is an issue with um, Swedish people not liking outsiders moving into Sweden. Yeah. Like, so there, that is. Really? They have, like, Gaijin in Sweden? Gaijin? Sorry. Like, like, like foreigners. Like, you can't come in here because you're not Swedish. You're not from Sweden. Mm. Okay, it's well. Think about the the world. Uh, I didn't know that. You know the they're get what they're seeing is a lot of the same stuff that a lot of countries are seeing from the fallout from uh, you know catastrophes like Syria and and all the wars that are never ending. So they're seeing a lot of uh, refugees, and it's just not. Um, it's weird. I read a children's book, um, a Swedish children's book, and it was like trying to introduce children to the idea of um, you know accepting new looking people into their cultures and it's it was like i because my grandmother's swedish i was like what is the point of this story this doesn't seem like they would need it right and she's like "Mm." there's a lot of pushback against Mm. that but i think that's the same in a lot of european countries like they're in a lot of countries period it's a shame yeah so yeah it makes sense that there can be a i mean there is a lot of uh exposure Two, hey, I can be angry about this, and if there's a music scene that supports that anger, people are gonna gravitate towards it. Yeah, they're gonna gravitate towards it. it so, people. I really, fortunately yep. for Vaporwave, I don't see a lot of that being terribly supported in Vaporwave at all. This is a genre about fluidity and acceptance, and it's represented in the yeah. styles and the way oh, the yeah. sounds go and the variety. You know, this is supposed to be about fluidity in this genre. There's really no tolerance for intolerance here, in my opinion. And, nope. And if you do that, you're not. This is not for you. This 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 playground is not for you. And this is a well playground, said. and that's why we continue to protect it and to safeguard it to make sure everyone can have a nice time and build sandcastles. You there know, is room at the speaking. table for everyone in this community. <laughs> you know, community. And, and have fun and share their share their shovels with each other. You know, <laughs> little pink shovels with each other. <laughs> And this is, you know, this is this is the dream, man. Like the scene is supposed to be, you know, for me always was to be the dream. You know what I mean? I agree with Enrail. We do need a new Rat Boy Genius album. Oh, we holy do. shit! Absolutely. Um, going off of the point that you were making, Chris, is like I think that, um, shit. What was I gonna say? Something about the, there. So I watched this. Um, was it the punk? Punk rock MBA podcast. It's one of the, like the uh, defining characteristics of musical movements that succeed is this idea of tribalism, and I think that from I mean I can say any time I've called an artist out or, or like a, a side of the scene out, there I see that kind of like backlash right away. Like, oh shit, I guess I shouldn't have said anything about future funk. Like, mm-hmm. 
And so there is that large, like, hey, we stick together kind of thing. Um, there's a, it's also, I also see the other side of it's like, if somebody, you know, is overly critical or taking somebody to task, um, I see them taken down very quickly, <laughs> you know, like, I think people are very, because it's such an online based genre, you see personalities online very quick to like voice their opinion back online. Um, there's a very quick feedback to that. Um, and Absolutely. so it's tribalism in, in both in both regards there, I think. Good and bad. For sure. Um, you know, it really comes down to, you know, whenever you're going to make a criticism of something, I think, whenever I do, or if I'm going to make a criticism of something, I'm going to think about why I'm going to make it. And what do I think the reason is? And can I support it? And to make sure I'm not doing it because I'm <laughs> upset about somebody or something or whatever, or even something that just happened to me. You know, people, we get on Twitter sometimes and we're just like, you know, we had a bad fucking day at work, you know? <laughs> and you're like, you know, I had a bad fucking day at work. And you know what? That fucking new slush wave artist is gonna get it. <laughs> right. No, the shit I mean, rolls like, downhill. We should always, like, we should always, uh, oh no, I mean, I make hot takes all the time, but I, I, you know, sometimes I make them and I'm like, did I really need to say that? Was that really <laughs> worth it? Did I need to criticize Owl City one more time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they keep getting shit on. Oh, that's well, one you know less what? firefly. Can take, you know what? That motherfucker can take mm. it. You know what? Of that course. motherfucker can take it. All the criticism on, that I lay on his Christian ass isn't going to do shit, right? He, he's got a million dollars. He's fine. But maybe some of the people we criticize, they don't have a million dollars, and they are just trying their best right now. Maybe they're Our still playing. Our plane says Owl City makes horrible slush wave. He's the worst <laughs> slush. <laughs> I know. When right? is somebody so going bad. to? Well, they'll probably get sued into oblivion. I think. If they um, use that. You know what, man? Three D Blast flipped Owl City. I was just like, gonna say that. Oh, yeah. That song. I was like, huh. So that's like one of my favorite songs. I feel I'd rather stay. Dude, Maggie.Wave so chopped it through like a, a dubstep track, and it slapped, it slapped hard, man. Yeah. Not I where you told you it earlier from, that you like, nothing slaps harder than dubstep at a festival, and I've had like the great pleasure of going to these big EDM festivals and uh, hearing these dubstep bands live in the correct environment, and then it's just like, wow, it's so fucking fun, man. <laughs> Especially at a festival too, where you can like listen to it and then be like, "All right, I'm done for a moment," and then walk to another tent where there's a regular EDM <laughs> act happening and be like, "Okay, and now let me go to the small act." And like, "Oh, ugh, fuck, Yeji's here. That's fucking killer." You can never What's ever that? ride the rails though, because it's just a bunch of people dealing K always right up front. So you got to stand back. Ride <laughs> the rails. That's so silly. I love ride it. Ride the rails. Find the line. You can't get right up Colin, against the rails because. Colin, do you go? Have you ever <laughs> been to the EDM festivals? No, I went oh. to a couple electronic festivals. Um, no, one that was not EDM. It was like electronic. Was it Prague? Kind of electronic jam. Was, I got these free tickets. Was it like Cybian uh, type shit? No, like it was like definitely not the gorilla. Fucking infected mushroom. biscuits. I think it was called. Oh, infected no. mushroom. Fuck God, side trance. Now that's that's something I can't get behind. Me neither. Oh, yeah. I, I used to like side trance a lot <laughs> no. in college. And then I was like, wait a second. These are all very, well, very here's, the same. Here's the thing about side trance. 
Okay, the thing is that we are in the year 2000. What's your pedigree on Sidetrans that you're going to well, tell us? The thing, about that we're know, right? the thing about Sidetrans. Let me see your papers. No, thing about Wait, that, no because you have, to, you have to understand how music works and you have to understand how music works in patterns, right? So, like, there will always be a space that needs to be filled by the great, by bands that, by the people who used to do this would be like the Grateful Dead who would have a big festival and they'd noodle around on guitars and, and like, everyone would be there for oh, more to you're, you're like a bunch of drugs. not wrong at all. So you got to understand that we are now near 2010s, 2020s. Like that's not going to be the same thing anymore as it mm. is in these years. And that has been supplanted by the side trance scene. So now the mm. dirty hippies yeah, who want to go do like a, do like a morning show, like a sunrise show and watch like Tipper or something play. And they'll be like, Tipper's going to play, man. And it's fucking life changing. And they sound just like the deadheads to me who are like, man, yeah. fucking dead okay. are going to play. I was just going to say, like, the the morning, show... and it's going to be fucking life changing, brah. And like, you the know, show that I went to, it was like deadheads. They were like, I was I, like, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm going to leave my coat here. And there you was these two, these two hippie elderly yes, couple. And I'm elderly. I mean, like they were in their 40s and they had like the uh, the neon. Elderly, my, and they were like, my, we'll watch it, man. Everybody's cool here. Do you want to yeah. do a bump off this key? And I was like, what? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I just want to leave my coat here. You know, we, we've moved to, you know, and this is like where the looks are, right? You know? Oh, the damn. Worst, and Rails going to do another. Worst Maurice Sendak book ever. Um, <laughs> where the looks are. Uh, but I don't no, know. Worst I, Maurice. I, I, there was that one about Little Bear. Uh, never mind. I'm not going to. That's okay. No, we, hold on. Can we, before we get into Maurice Sendak. Um, <laughs> He, Good uh, book about Maurice Sendak just came out, apparently. I, I watched the documentary about him, too, that like Spike Jones shot himself with just interviews of him, and he's an interesting character. He, he's the guy who wrote uh, Where the Wild anyway, Things Are, right? I bet Isaac liked hold Where on, the Wild on. Things Are, because it has so, that Arcade Fire song in the trailer. Hey, man, do not read me on my own show. <laughs> is, it, is that true, though? Hey, uh, TV static time. Let's uh, so, so, back up. So, so here's the thing. Oh, is much that, better. Um, yeah, you got to go to the EDM festivals because it's just like, you know, ethnomusicology studies, right? Did you just... You did, you Briefly. Did, you did it. Briefly. <laughs> hey, don't it's tell me you don't like chamber pop, at least a little it's, bit. It's ethnography, you know what I mean? You're, it's, it's, I'm a um, Baroque pop. You're, you're looking at the, at the different cultures, right? You know, it's anthropology. It's musical anthropology when you go to the music festivals the young, the, where the younger kids are. We moved and, on from this. We're not talking about. <laughs> We're talking about Maurice Sendak now. Are we onto that conversation? No, we moved on from that too. What are we talking about now? <laughs> I love chamber pots. Chamber, chamber pots. <laughs> chamber <laughs> pop. <laughs> How do we get onto chamber pop? Like fucking Jez said, chamber pot. <laughs> That's Man, I. What's the best? I, what's I your favorite? For... All right, chamber pop. Like... What's your favorite Bell and Sebastian album? Ooh. Uh, is no, it for when you're feeling sinister? Oh, that's my no. favorite. Oh, wait, no, was favorite. it Songs of Liberty? Wait, what's the one with um? Boy with the Arab strap. Boy with the Arab strap. That one's good. That's the um, that's like the if you're feeling deep fan one. I if you're feeling sinister for me, and also I think that's the best song uh, album title ever as well. What's the best song by them? Do you think? Uh, <laughs> um, what's the catchiest? There's so Beyonce many. Beyonce, New York Catcher, maybe. Mm. Yeah, that's I would video. file that under Jangle Pop. I like uh, Get Me Away From Here, I'm Dying. That one's good. I love that song. I could listen to that any day. I think that might be. I hope that's an artist I hope I never hear something bad about. Bell and Sebastian. Bell and Sebastian. They better not do anything. I'm really a big fan of Judy and the Dream of Horses as well, actually. That might be my second favorite. 
Oh, that might be my first favorite, actually. Mm. <laughs> Quiz 0083 says, you've heard of bedroom projects, now peep a bathroom project. Hey, yo. Hey, listen, I heard that vaporwave uh, from the, what's it called? From the men's room or something? That got funded. <laughs> Some really? people like that. No, Isn't there one called toilet sta status statue? It's a toilet. Never mind. I'm gonna. What? I'm gonna. There's one called toilets that no. I mean that too. But <laughs> away for the men's bathroom is a really great concept. Actually, <laughs> it was haircuts in the I men's room. Gonna, like it had, like I am already picturing it in my head. It's that. It's that strong. And it's that evocative when someone when you just said it to me. Yeah, but the like the music doesn't match the concept, sadly. Um, it oh, was like a, a slow down Did HKE version write of, a song uh, called Poop? Well, like the I, thing about I believe it. A really good vaporwave album, like a bathroom that's like bathroom music. It's got to be this sort of like you want to get away from it. You know, like all I know is like when I'm in the bathroom, I'm like I want to get away from here. I'm done being in here, and the music is insidious. And, it's and just it like ends pop. with a underpaid it's like, it's like, man handing you a mint. Right. Yeah. But like you know, you, you know that's the interesting thing. Him. So like yeah. that's I actually those are sometimes my favorite vaporwave Part albums, of like, ones that are just about these spaces that you kind of want to get away. Yeah, from. the liminal like, spaces. Like the what Be Careful spaces. made. Yeah. The liminal spaces, man, and that that's really fun. And like that kind of idea of like making vaporwave music, the soundtrack for places you don't want to spend too much time in, <laughs> right. is like a really claustrophobic feeling, and I kind of love it. You know, what's the album where um, you're just kind of shopping in like a, uh, like a, like a, like a Michaels? You know what I mean? Like, there's like one album that was <laughs> oh, fucking background Michaels. music for that. Like, it, it was just like smelling wave. like cinnamon. It's a bunch of Kathy yeah, Dennis songs the, chopped and screwed. I don't remember the name of the album. I think mm. it was on a Geometric Lullaby, but it was just, you know, the background <laughs> of like going shopping. For Walgreens Core. And like trying to, like, you're just like. God, I want to get out of here. <laughs> like, you know, the music is just sort of insidious and like mocking me. Trying, and, you know, they're not going to put on music in these stores that make you want to stay forever. They'll put like stuff on that's no, like. No, they play that in casinos. Songs. They play pop songs that you don't, that you kind of remember. Like, it's never the top pop song of the year. It's like the 10th top song of the year that they play at these stores. And it's like fascinating to me for me to like hear these songs be like, kind of remember that. <laughs> like, never haven't thought about it in 10 years. I yeah, that kind I want of that Michael's interesting. album now. I like to it's call really that kind of music. I don't remember. Sadly. It's called on the. I think it's. I think it's on Geometric Lullaby. But I don't. I think the name you of spend it. a lot of time in Michael's if you have not a lot of money, because they always have like one good version of a product. Dude, their frames are like expensive. Super cheap. Yeah. So like, I used to make T-shirts a lot, and I'd be like, ah, oh, I know this is the good spray that you can use for the the thing to like the. I used to make like stencils to put on shirts for those oh, like, that's uh, stencil shirts. And I'd be like, this is the good adhesive. It's not going to leave residue, Ooh, but it's two bucks more. And I'm in high school. So, like, <laughs> that's when you spend yeah. too much time in Michael's. So that's because you know, you're trying to make the, you know, those big decisions. Yeah. Um, let's see. I'm not familiar with this album, but Slime YRX says, you heard Vacant Places by Hantasi. And I haven't, but I'm going to definitely check that out now. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah. SlimeWire Rec has actually had some pretty hot takes during this whole conversation. So shout out SlimeWire Rec for keeping that energy, sure. matching that Absolutely. energy. Hey, um, what do you guys think about, uh, you know, I saw a lot of talk on the old Twitter today about, you know, mm. what, what makes a successful artist 
and does it have to do with their personality? And Ooh, I was the, looking at that tweet earlier today too. I think oh, we sure. all were. Right? Right? Oh yeah, that wasn't that a tweet that the, the Wizard of Loneliness made, was it? Three D Blast. I figure we might have all been we're all buddies with him, and I figure oh, we wait, might have I did that tweet. see that. Yeah, I got tagged. You in interacted with that later. tweet. I did see. Yes. That. Yeah. yeah I, so I, I you know. How much of a part does the personality that you portray on your social media do have to do with your success? Hmm. What do you think? Me? Yeah, what do you think? Uh, depends on the artist, you know? Really depends on the artist. It depends, and it depends on what you're doing with the social media. Hmm. So there like, are completely anonymous artists that are like, yeah, you can, getting that it depends bag. on what you're, you know, yeah. so it depends on what you want to be, what, you, what kind of artist you want to be, what your vision is. You know, if you're going to go in and blindly not have a vision for who you are and what you want to be and what your vision is for yourself, you're just going to go in and, and if you, yeah, you using social media all the time might not help. It might work yeah. against you. If you don't have a vision and you're just scattered and you're just sort of like posting around and you're not sure who you are really as an artist, what your sound is, you know, then it will not, then it won't go very far, you know? But if you, if you have a vision that includes having a particular message that is best served through speaking mm. a lot, right, then it'll work. You know, I talk a lot, I guess, and uh, I think it helps with my vision, but it wouldn't <laughs> help with another type of artist. You know, a different artist it might not help with. There are some artists who are going to curate a different sound and who are going to curate a different attitude and a different overall feel and aesthetic for their vision. And talking all the time on social media isn't going to help them. Right. Yeah. But I will say that, like George Clinton, got to where he is by putting himself out there a lot and making. Oh man, do you remember that original so video he did where he was trying to get the vinyl funding for? Um, yes. That one Mirror Kisses album. For the first. And he year, had the. the it is happening album. again from Twin. Well, yeah. you don't. You, you wouldn't know about that. <laughs> but then they had the part where he was like, "I'm George Clanton," and he had that 18. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, well, yeah, I remember back in the so old charming. days, everyone was constantly chattering back and forth yeah. with each other. Oh yeah. Uh, but this technique isn't going to work for certain dream punk artists, right? This yeah. isn't going to be the same thing for oh, them. Oh, yeah, they're, they rarely have. I think one of the personalities. By, by, by mystery, right? It depends I, on what That's what are. I was going to say. I think there's the biggest criticism of this kind of, like, being out there, being always on social media is what is the, what is the method of delivery for the artists delivery. that benefit from more anonymity? Like, where is their ability to get things out if not through social media, which seems to favor people who post a lot, people who are interacting a lot people who have a voice that people can recognize and go i'm interacting with that person this interaction is going to be something unique um because what you know i don't know what trends or, or th for other uh, music genres it seems like the the trend is that by interacting you are able to build a, a sort of brand with on social media so like how do you if your brand is anonymity how do you build that Aside from you put an album out and just say nothing, like it's tough. Um, the blank banshee. <laughs> you know, uh, it's tough. I, I think that also what Randy was trying to say is you don't have to feel the pressure to do it. You know what I mean? Like I thought, I thought yeah. one of the points Randy was making was like, you know, some of you out there don't want to do, don't want to talk all the time, and that's okay. You don't have to. Well, you don't have to think totally. that you only are going to be successful if you do this. I think Randy was trying to yeah. tell people that you can, you don't have to always do this to be successful and you shouldn't feel pressure to do it if it's not who you are. So, but you're right. And back to your point about that. Um, well, I guess you, what you should do is you know, probably, maybe you're more of an introverted person. You'll do better maybe on one-on-one -on -one conversations and DMs with people and you can yeah. 
people who are on record labels that it's their job to be posting all the time and you know you'll maybe court their favor and they can help you with that stuff and you're going to create beautiful works of art that they'll be happy to know mm. about and happy to talk about you know you know i think oh, i also agree I something guess. randy said is that it hasn't benefited him very much like he's known benefited. he has, he's he has notoriety for you get yeah. yeah exactly you get in trouble for things you say kind of like, and it doesn't like benefit your music at i think all. randy's hilarious um, yeah it, oh, I yeah do randy's too. hilarious i do he's a great I think, guy yeah but, but um like you're he, right because he, he, he doesn't post serious thing, things yeah. all the time you know people get mean with him occasionally yeah and that's you know? sadly sometimes that's just what you become for known months. for in the musical yeah. sphere like I, I i agree with i think he said something like he's probably lost more followers from the way that he is online than gained from his music and Damn. i kind of feel the same way like i have a different crowd that i interact with on twitter um by just being goofy and weird and i see some overlap with like i check the um like i have the benefit of i release a lot of my music on on a label that i run on Bandcamp, and i can see who's following and it's like huh some of these are the same but a large amount of these people i do i never see on twitter and so it's like i don't think there's that much i'm not getting any bump from my online personality being you know whatever funny or if you think i'm annoying like whatever <laughs> um so it's not like there's a advantage to it it's just if that's who you want to be on social media, I think the the main takeaway, I guess, is make sure that it's not something that completely detracts from, like, turns people off of your music. Like, if you say something that's like, well, now I'm never going to listen to something from that guy, well, that's, that's not good. Um, but, you, I mean, if you say stuff that gets people interested in you as a person, there's a slight chance. I mean, like, it's not a huge crossover because who looks for things that are funny and then goes... I'll bet they make good music. <laughs> like, it just doesn't come to mind, usually. You don't go to comedians and say, when's their musical album coming out? Although, uh, H. John Benjamin came out with a, a funny album, I Can't I, I can't Play Piano, and that was pretty Oh, good. my God, I watched <laughs> the making of that. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, we just him like, freaking like, screwing yeah. around on the piano. Like, he was playing garbage on oh the piano. Like a we got a question for Wiz in the chat. Have you seen that yet? Somebody, uh, Quiz0083 says, do you feel a pressure to adhere to the Wizard of Loneliness's wholesome persona anywhere outside of places <laughs> you explicitly are presenting it? Have you seen my SoundCloud comment? <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't this show Ronnie Vaporspace's kids this man's SoundCloud yeah. comments. Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. Ronnie I was saying how so. his kids watch you and they love you. Ronnie said the Wizard yeah, of cool. Loneliness is his kid's favorite artist. <laughs> Saw that interview. So you have two yeah, fans. Okay. I <laughs> I like how you said two, not even acknowledging either of you. Just like, oh, you got to oh, no. do at least with those kids. <laughs> um, I do, I do feel that que that question. Um, yeah, I do. Um, but that's not because of music. It's because of my job. I don't. I'm a teacher, so I don't go. Out, I, I go out of my way not. I try not to say the mm. f word a lot. I try not to go crazy and like you know. I'm not gonna like strip full nude on my you know set. You don't want to pull a disco um, holly. Exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I was like when disco did that when he showed his bare ass. I was like, well, can't do that. Can't do that. I'll get like. So I really. Oh yeah, there's the a surprising amount of. They watch you guys, Gotcha. right? Like, sorta. Yeah. That's so wild. like, they don't. They're not interested. My like, I work at a school. My students are not interested at all. Um, because they, I tell them what the music is. I was like, well, do you like hip hop? And they're like, I like trap. And I'm like, 
okay. Well, you might like it. And they listen to like one song. They listen to I I I basically point them to like the stuff on my SoundCloud, and they're like, okay, it's cool, mm. but it's not for me. And that's when they kind of tune out of it. But that doesn't mean I can just go hog wild and like start stripping on stream. Um, no, that's not really an interest of mine anyway. But um, that's where the wholesome persona comes from. Also, I just really like, and I think you brought it up, Isaac. Um, one, my persona is is very much like I go for a kind of earnest, uh, as in like earnest scared. St- <laughs> like, um, Ernest goes to camp. Or Ernest goes to prison. Ernest goes to camp. Um, or uh, Pee Wee Herman type. That's exactly vibe. what I was thinking. That's, that's sort of, and that's a tough line to skirt, honestly. Yeah. To create the likable man child is like such a difficult art form. Yeah. You know my, what I Because mean? it tips my in first exposure to the Wizard of Loneliness was getting, that damn skit great. where you find the little ska like book and you're like, well, <laughs> you can't right. just leave it here. <laughs> and then you start doing that. That's the southern twang voice. I, that I, I fucking love. Yeah. I, I saw that. I was like, this guy's music has got to be great. <laughs> That's definitely the character. Um, I'm always surprised. Like people are. This isn't like a humble boast, but everybody always thinks I'm uh, either younger or dumber or, <laughs> or, or or like that's how I actually or am. galaxy brain. Uh-huh. That's good. That means <laughs> it means you're really set. You really like you. People lose themselves in the character. Oh, and people the skits really with Disco Holic where they showed it with the disco burger and the disco sauce, and they like made oh, you. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was so really funny. funny. I, 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 oh, that shit I saw was that. So funny. I took I a screenshot. That was great. So that. Yeah, um, a lot of people are surprised that my voice is different than the the skit voice. The well, you can't just like that kind of voice. Um, the you know, kind of like the chips basket voice. Yeah, um, you you gotta get a, you so, gotta get a job in voice acting, man. You're quite skilled. If I had time, I would. Oh, I, I really thank do. you, Ming Curry. Have, um, Ming Curry like just uh, followed. Sorry. Thank you, Ming Curry. Um, we got interrupted when follows happen. Who you for? No. No, we got to so, interrupt uh, when follows I'm, happen. I'm really happy that people have mentioned that enough. Like, and to be honest, it's like it's something that I have definitely considered. That's right now. That's like my, you know, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I complain about my profession all the time. So Man, that's we my. We finally got the indie follow. It's my backup. Oh, thanks, plan, Andy. Voice acting. You really? Um, I mean, I'm told it's a really tough industry to get into, but you would do that's well. Thing. I don't have to break in right now, but if I was unemployed fingers crossed <laughs> let me see yeah. uh, well, if I show my ass, let's roll no. the dice yeah no i could do it. i i really i really admire voice actors um i do a weird thing i don't know if you do this um i don't know if anybody does this um when they're watching stuff and they hear voices and they're like oh i know what that voice is from the best show to do that with is uh king of the hill you don't look yeah at i'm always doing that is, and i'm like, like who's that voice Oh yeah, all the time. Like, or like Bojack like, oh, so Horseman, a... like I know who oh. that is. Who the hell is that? No, I'm always that's... like, oh, is that is that Billy West right now? Oh, is that uh, yeah, that's I yeah, I remember that. I do that all the time uh, with the voice actors. It was Diane Weist. I'm Diane sorry, Weist. <laughs> not Billy West. Um, Diane Weist. It's always the ones I get confused. Yeah, <laughs> even when they're um, movies. So that's always been a hobby of mine is just like listening for voices, and then I do. I try to impersonate them too, and Me there's too. some voices that I can all do, the time, and I love doing that. Um, uh, and my family really hates it. Um, I recently was—I—I'm I, not going to do it on the stream, but like I've been really getting good at Adam Sandler. 
and <laughs> especially like Saturday Night Live, like uh, <laughs> Opera Man. Opera Man. We can't yeah, eat. And there, so I'll be, we'll be, you know, playing something or eating dinner, and I'll I'll start busting out Opera Man. Um, so like I just do a lot of uh, impression training, and uh, it's just really fun for me, especially when I realize I can annoy people with it. I was like, yes, you've told me oh, absolutely. the one thing you shouldn't have told me <laughs> that I'm nice. gonna I and annoy give it back to you. Yeah, uh, now I know. Yeah, um, that's not really a hot take though, but I I, I appreciate that question. Yeah, I, I the the fine line of persona versus uh, I mean that is kind of who I am though. I mean it's just an exaggerated you know form of who I am. It's a child, it, man child character is that's kind of who I am. It's an extension of you, right? You know, I mean, every all our art is really an extension of us, right? I mean, yeah. in some way, yeah. I mean, if and, you're doing the art, you're doing an extension of yourself. Uh, yes, Molo three sixty. I have watched Midnight. Gospel. My favorite episode is the one with the soul. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, um, so, I think it back you know, to right? Would you, would you say? Oh, what were you saying? Well, I was about to say, would you say that a lot of the art we make is an extension of who we are in some way? Yeah. So I was going to say, right? back to the uh, the Randy Twitter comment. There is like people. I think when you're doing something that's art, like you want to represent. I, I think what was the earlier thing you were talking about, but. Um, respecting what people do with their art i think that i have an easier time respecting if it seems like it's something truthful of the mm -hmm. the artist themselves mm -hmm. and um so although twitter is not i wouldn't say an art form i think maybe the videos and stuff that people well some people do poetry on on twitter i used to do that but um i think as long as it's a truthful representation of yourself like i'm never gonna play uh somebody that's like a racist or something or you know i'm never going to play a character that is a non-truthful representation i'll play an exaggerated version of myself like i'll play somebody that um i played a <laughs> i played <laughs> play a lot of character with bald caps um if you watched whiz the season a long long time ago i don't know if anybody did but um even though that character was like a miser and a scrooge it was an exaggeration of some of the uh you know things i've said on twitter so it's like i i feel comfortable being that person on twitter and i think that some artists where they screw up on twitter is the version that they present of themselves is just too edgy and i don't really honestly believe anybody out there is like i want people to hate me i don't want like i don't think that is and that's so that representation of themselves is always it always comes off to me as a bit like all right, you're hamming it up because you, you, I think you know what you're doing here. Um, so misuse of Twitter and social media, I think, is, I think that can, that's where people go wrong with that, that kind of thing. Whenever I see the people who are leaning more towards edginess um, in this scene or any other scene, you know, to me, it always belies some kind of pain that they must be going through, some kind of lack of control that they have in their real life, and they yep. don't know Damn, what to do about it. Damn, that's some serious empathy. So they have it's, to start... It's always people. the month before it comes out. Oh, they had some demons. Like, yeah. <laughs> oftentimes that's and oftentimes that's that's really what's happening is that when somebody has like a big blow up or says something that you don't like or is mean on Twitter or is dismissive of people on Twitter or just says some yeah. shit that's like kind of like a shitty thing to say. You know, it doesn't have to be racist. Doesn't have to be anything. It just can be like a really shitty thing and irritating a lot of people. Like they might be going. They're probably going through some really hard shit at the moment in the real world yeah and we we, we we sometimes forget that this thing on the internet with social media it's not 
the whole person, you know, and there's something going on with them that's making them this way. And that's usually what happens at the end of the day. And you find out about it months later, that they had like yeah. a breakdown, that their family mm -hmm. was sick, that yeah. they lost their job, that, yeah. that something made them feel out of control with their life. And they needed some form of control and they lashed out in a way to get some kind of control or some kind of attention. And they probably maybe even regret it. You know, yeah. maybe they'll never the say it online, but on that I've they gotten maybe sit at home with their own with their own thoughts, and this is what happens with them. So you know, I try to cut people slack. Yeah, that's the, so that's <laughs> man. The, that's very mature. Best advice so you can you know on if you're in, interacting with people online, you're gonna have people blow up every once in a while. Just wait and then ask what you know what was going on privately. I've I, that's like the biggest strategy I've had to not have issues with people is if i see them like definitely going through some shit like I, as much as i want to be like wow they're a dick every single time it's been like a hundred percent of the time i wait a day i ask them hey was something going on privately and yeah it was like yeah something, like i'm wow. experiencing homelessness good advice man. I don't have housing that's a very adult thing to do good advice man and that's good advice yeah like and after that it's like I was about to say I hate you and knowing that now is like how I couldn't I couldn't like that's such a loving thing that to do that's yeah man well it's well, we just need being more patient with people yeah being patient is better but you know who we can't be patient for and this is going to what Mola was saying in the in the chat people that reuse sets for URL shows I was about no. to ask you to comment on that I, Monica says how do you guys feel about keeping your sets fresh I hate that wait people that's... do that I work so I... fucking hard on those fucking sets I really I just, don't I've like done that. like motherfucker you gotta be kidding people are doing that I did no idea that sucks man I did you know it one time yeah. one time I did a live set for something that didn't get a whole lot of viewers or it wasn't really heavily oh. trafficked by the vapor sphere sensing opinion and then, you you reused something didn't you? I, I did I, I sent something what, what to uh codex wow. boy encyclopedia for their first sight what sounds and conversations so I did a DJ I did a, a one hour future funk set for a group on Facebook called the Ohaso Rojaso Club and it was super cool but like all right. None of the vapor people watched it, and I worked my damn ass off for that okay. set. So I gave it to Manny no, to play. That is, that is the yeah. one time you I've done that. You, Actually, that's no, a lie. I, I did it to all hell breaks loose one time. Use it in the but that's a different way. story. You're a freaking repeat offender. Hey, so so okay. all hell breaks loose asked me to do a set do for one of his after parties, and then told me the wrong day. So he was like, "Hey, you got that ready for me tomorrow?" And I was like, "No, you told me it wasn't due for like a week." I feel like you get a pass on that. I that yield the floor. You get that a pass on that. Screwed. But like, um, hold on a second. I got to talk to Colin about this. So yeah. like, I just want to get something straight because like I have done, I've done a lot of these live stream shows. I've done a, a mm -hmm. bunch of them. And every time I do one, I put so much fucking work, man. Well, because you're creating visuals. Because I do a lot of my own visuals. I, well, I mean, I don't, I mean, you know, I do the visuals. <laughs> I mean, I do like, you sleep? Thinking, I, I, I fell asleep yesterday. Stuff. <laughs> Oh, that like, was actually uh, a joke you know, like, that didn't to have to do with yesterday, but okay. Stuff, and people are just out here reusing stuff? Oh. I think that it comes from just oh, because man. you can do something doesn't mean you should. You don't have to accept everything that you get coming your way. There's a lot of URL shows. I know for some smaller artists, it's like, well, I might not get another invitation. You'll definitely get another invitation. If you see somebody saying they're putting a show together, just keep your ear to the ground. You can probably yeah. ask to be on. Um, the whole reusing stuff, I feel like it comes from 
partly, I think Isaac, maybe you're on both sides of the fence because one of them was a shitty situation that you shouldn't have had to rush to put something together and that seemed like oh, a and no and hate the to others. all hell breaks loops. Love that guy. It was just yeah. a mis misunderstanding. He is, yeah. he really is, but anyway. Yeah. Amazing organized. Well, you're him and um, you have like a million different events you're coordinating, this happens once in a while, you know? Yeah. He, yeah. He does so, he does Most so much. Most people in the vapor sphere are really good at communicating. Uh, and he is yeah. as well. It was just a misunderstanding. And it worked out super Somebody well. Somebody said... Go ahead. Oh, um, I was so... Uh, so uh, earlier, Lux said, uh, I have similar set lists, but I instinctively try not to do that. I think if... I mean, we're in a weird era where, like, the album cycle doesn't exist for Vaporwave artists anymore, especially since a lot of people like artists' earlier stuff. Um... So it's not like it used to be where you have to play a bunch of stuff from your new album because you want to see how people respond to it. It's like that's not part of the game anymore. Um, so I think there's less pressure to have a set list that is like if you go to see, I don't know, um, Hot Chip or something. I don't know if they, they're, I, I guess they're still touring. Um, they're going to play some stuff from their older catalog, but there is a kind of requirement for them to, we got to play, um, we got to play some of our newer stuff too, because of the album. And, um, but with these URL shows, it's so complete. Like I've never, I've never done one where somebody was like, make sure you only play the new stuff or like never happened. <laughs> There's never a requirement for that. So like you, most artists have over, enough songs if you don't have enough songs that you can't pick and choose different sets you probably shouldn't be doing a set which is a shitty thing to say but like you've got 12 songs you've got one album you probably are going to be guilty right away on your second that's a valid your point. second show if you don't like, have a lot of source gonna... material like how can people judge you you Sir. you go okay um so i think that people can do and what i certainly do is the, i guess this helps because of the djing background but you can play your favorite songs that inspire you too if you work them into a set it doesn't have to mm. be you know what i mean and this is what they do and if you when you go to the edm festivals you know the modern mm. edm festivals yeah they oh are going to play a lot of their stuff talking about edm festivals yeah man it's 2020 We'll be talking about them a lot. I mean, more and there's fan favorite tracks. You've got to drop those favorite tracks. As a DJ, I know you know, like, people want to hear Private Caller. You have to fucking play that or, like, fucking well, better. People want to hear that. You, 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 the, the art of DJing is not just playing songs. Isaac, you know, it's about not. All this. It's, Reaching the crowd. it's not about playing. It's, it's, but for the URL, sh yeah, and that's true for the IRL stuff, but for the URL, yeah, show, it's harder with it's the going IRL to stuff be, for sure. It's going to be, you know, for, it's hard with the URL too, because you are going, if you were going to do this right, you're going to piece together a journey for some. Mm -hmm. You're going to start at A and end at Z. And you're yeah. going to move them through this alphabet of ideas you have and feelings you you're want gonna them to You're going to tell have, a story. The vibe that you're creating. Like that set that you're you gonna did. You're going to take them on a roller coaster. Uh, like, like, that, like that one that you just did recently, man. You know what I mean? So oh, like, yeah. A lot of times, yeah. like, honestly, my sets, sometimes I'm doing live stuff. Sometimes I'm DJing. A lot of times I'm doing both. I'll start mm -hmm. off with, with my songs, mix into a, a, some songs. I mean, I we like could talk about the Lipsdale yeah. Elite yeah. set mm -hmm. from last seconds. weekend. That's what that set was says. amazing. Lux's source material, the oh, track Lux. selection was... Lux is brilliant. Your Lux mixing brilliant. was yeah, best tape. Uh, hey, we, between was a, the two of y'all and DS Dude's visuals. 
for sure. So what do you guys think about that? Uh, I've done it. I know you said you've done it. I've seen. um, Go ahead. The balance of other people's music to your own music when you're doing a live set like that is the expectation for you to play mostly your own stuff. I'd say, yeah, it is. I'd say, yeah, I'd it say is. That's, a couple, I, 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 I'd I think say, a couple songs sprinkled in there. No, like I, I'd, I throw an honor. If I'm gonna go pay to see no, like no, Mark Redito, like we were talking about earlier, I don't want to see him DJ a bunch of other people's music. I want to see him play his music. No, yeah. you guys are reading us all wrong. You're wrong. You sound old. This is how it works, okay? <laughs> you do all the stuff. I want my money's worth. It's a kitchen. It's a kitchen sink, right? So if Mark Rodito plays, and as I would expect with a lot of others to play, you will play your stuff mostly. Sure, but you're not going to sprinkle in one or two stuff. Honestly, if you go see these EDM DJs once again, or these artists, you know they do their stuff, but then all of a sudden they throw in like a sample from like fucking drake and it turns into a drake song and that drake song morphs into something else that they've created and then it's sure. this weird remix mashup like what this is all shit that we learned from like you know girl talk and this stuff man too, really you know just said I mean? like this is old. how this is le- this <laughs> is how this stuff works is that you're you know we're not it, this isn't a rock show anymore this music isn't rock music stop trying to treat it like it should be played like rock music musicians play okay i feel that on a spiritual level though you're yeah, absolutely you know right like, the standard has changed you guys are viewing stuff from the idea of a rock band playing but this isn't rock music so there are many more options for how you can do this stuff and the thing is that when you dj it you're not gonna if, if you're a live performer and you're gonna put some other tracks in there you're not gonna play the full track you're gonna play like 30 True. seconds of it and then meld it into something else so that's what mm. you do when you do these live stuffs and you're an electronic musician and you have some stuff that's dancey you will sprinkle in stuff that inspires you or stuff that you know moves a crowd and you're only going to give people a garnish of it and you'll mix it together with other things and this isn't even like this is what they do at edm festivals this is what like every kind of electronic artist who does stuff that makes people dance does unless well, they're straight DJ up band. Really Wiz, yeah, do you exactly. dj yeah mm-hmm. yeah what do you Okay. So, like, I just got my new. Uh, I was gonna say, I what are you using? New, uh, controller. I'm. I'm. I just recently, and as in like last week, I used to do uh, DVS. Um, okay. With the tractor. Tractor. Uh, okay. To um, turntables. It's too heavy. You, know, you use turntables? Um, so I switched. To, yeah. Um, but it's you know with the that's sick. Uh, vinyl control thing. Oh, uh, this guy's really an OG, fun. y'all. It's this guy's really an OG. Style, that 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 Denon but, um, controller is awesome. I got the yeah. I got the um, Prime Four, and it's. Oh man, I I always thought I was like I'm gonna be vinyl completely till I die, and that's like, amazing, bro. Um, and I really like, but I really like this controller. <laughs> it's so like it does. It's like well, I can actually do that on there. So I, um, I had to ask because Chris is a DJ and a musician. I'm just a DJ, so I didn't know that you DJ. That's really sick. Yeah, I lo- that's how I started. Um, actually, do you have any favorite genres? Earlier. Uh, yes, I really have recently been loving mixing UK Garage. Um, I love UK I love Garage, it. man. It's not something I would play for like a URL show, but if I were like, hey, everybody likes UK Garage, you're going to love this set. I have, you know, tons of, I'm always creating playlists for, for different genres that I like. I played a little bit of that in my like set that. last weekend. I like um, gospel house music too. You know, I'm, I'm semi religious. I, I, tr- I kind of try to keep that well. low key. But, um, but I love spiritual um, uh, gospel music, and I also really like. And you can, you, if you listen to some of my earlier stuff, I sample a lot of like in the '80s and '70s. There was a ton of soul music, gospel music that was being put out on these micro labels from like churches. 
Yeah. And uh, the synthesizers are so bad sounding that they're good. The oh, I love that. Is just like, it's so good. There Beautiful. is um, some pretty decent Jesus rock from that era. I know N5X yeah. has sampled a song for Because uh, I Know They Want to Catch Me. And it was like this lesser known like gospel song from that era. And it worked really well. well. You can, and the good thing is you can usually tell from the cover. It's, it's a very nicely dressed couple. Oh yeah, With terrible hairstyles. <laughs> very nice sweaters, standing in a non-suggestive, non-suggestive pose. That's the key thing. It's like they're both looking over a, a manuscript or something. It's like oh, yeah. the Peebles, and it's like right. You'll see. <laughs> this you is fascinating. Tell. Howard and Sharon that. sing. Could you, could you recommend an album, possibly, where to start with this? Because this is yeah, like okay, so put these people onto a... something, bro. Okay, so there yeah, used I to be a, an uploader. Um, I, I, I hope they're still uploading stuff. Um, I got a, a bunch of them. It was off of a link, off of a link from Vinyl Frontier if you used to do vinyl digging from there. Um, but there's an uploader. If you look for who uploads, I don't know how you do it, search by that, but it's ed, www.edufunky, edufunky.com. And you'll know that you have the right person because all of the tracks, when you put it in, like, whatever you're using to play tracks, it... It has these like little wing, like uh, up case, you know, a slash. Like they always, uh, you know, tag their tracks like that. Um, and they have a bunch of artists that fall into that exact category. So Edu Funky, there's a lot of Christian soul music stuff. And you don't have to be Christian to enjoy it at all. Because some of them, they're, the way they're talking about it, you would not guess. It's like, mm, I want to kiss him. And it's like, I don't know if that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, but, um, Damn, this guy um, got some but niche tastes. Lot. That's there's cool, a man. a lot of good stuff. Um, yeah, digging for music. I think that's one of the best things. A lot of people that are okay, DJs, I think, crates, do man. appreciate. If you if you like digging in the crates, you you probably like... Oh, let me say this way. If you like Vaporwave, you probably would also like digging in crates because part of what I love about Vaporwave is like identifying, oh, there's a sample that I've heard. Right. Um, that's also part of, I wanted to get into another hot take, but that's also part of one of the things I, I don't like too much about some of Vaporwave that's coming out is that the digging has become more refined and everyone seems to be using the same algorithms to find their samples. Hmm. Um, I'm hearing a lot of the same samples that I used to hear. Um, so I wanted to ask this to you two. Hmm. Um, what, I feel like the the proper response is there is no responsibility. Do whatever you like doing. That's the that's the music lovers. That's the music lovers answer. But as a music listener, Mm -hmm. my answer for like okay, are people beholden to young graph knowing? Are you beholden to knowing what was put out already in the scene that you claim to be a part of and that you're hoping to get support from? Like, should you know? Hey, St. Pepsi sampled this shit. Uh, you know, it was popular. Like, does should that stop people from from retreading the same ground? Um, and I think okay, maybe I don't I'll, think I'll, so. I'll stop myself because I think that was a leading question, and I don't want to make it sound should like there is a correct you. answer. Should okay. it stop you? That makes it sound like there's something to be stopped. Okay, um, but um, yeah, what's the responsibility there? The, well, it's not. So there is. So a yeah, I would not say there is a responsibility to know this, right? You're gonna do. Right, what how you're can gonna somebody do, know this? No wrong shit. way to do it. It's, but exactly. hold on, hold on. So, because like, because you possibly, it's impossible to know everything that's going on in vaporwave, right? So you're right. It is not, you know, your responsibility to know these things. But when you do that, 
you should think about the sample you're using because while it's not, you don't have to worry about it. You can do what you want. There may be somebody out there who might roast you over the coals for it. You know, you know what that's I'm saying? True. That's true. I feel like I I'm, I feel like I'm constantly roasting people on that. And well, it's that's like, fine. Give us an I example. Bad about it now. Because you don't okay. have to name names, so, but give us an okay. example. So hold on. Well, I think the most obvious example. <laughs> well, the most ex obvious example is uh, it seems like every um, future funk artist goes to the same exact YouTube channels, and at one point or another, samples Plastic Love. It's just it's happened. It's happened hundreds of times at this point, and so like, and the, and even when they're going down the rabbit hole of ooh, Plastic Love, similar to this, similar to this leads to the same places i'm seeing and um and the problem i'm seeing and this is why i feel like i just it keeps coming up in conversation um with me at least is that well what has changed hey there we go lux says it everybody uses boogie eight zero that's the <laughs> that's the channel that everybody uses i've used it too um i, I wish they had shocking tag at the, they added that oh. tag at the beginning boogie eight zero I really love um, the way you said that. So, like, well, they're British. Um, uh, so, what you have is a, a thing that used to make people unique, which I think digging the way an artist digs for samples is a huge part of what their sound is going to become. Definitely. And if everyone's digging the exact same freaking sample, you're going to get a lot of stuff, especially in a, in a genre like uh, Future Funk, where the beats do not change that much. Like, you're going to hear the same type of you know oh damn slimeware rec sample yeah. tommy Wright the third that's sick yeah oh sorry i wasn't what slimeware rec just said that they sampled Ooh, tommy Wright the third i just think that's really cool first, dude. i mean i think it's cool whenever you find a sample you're proud of finding that sample that's awesome um i think that's why I agree. There's no responsibility for you to know what everybody else has sampled, but you have to be aware of the fact that what you're doing may not be as unique as you originally think it is. And so once you release that music, you are kind of placed into a context where like, okay, well, this person also sampled this and they also did it better, you know, like their compression is better the the way they match the percussion sounds like it matches more so like there's been plenty of times where an artist i like um a future funk artist that i like will post a song and then i'm like mm, but you know what the night tempo edit is more cohesive it goes it sounds better and so like you've got a lot of these projects that people put a ton of of time into and you have a superior version to compare it to, which is very much their parallel styles, their parallel tempos. Like if I was going to DJ, I'd pick the one that sounds better. Um, yeah. So like, I've been there before. Yeah. I've been there. There is an Epson track that sounds exactly like a track by um, Vector Graphics. It's unbelievable how similar they are. They have that same sample of... Um, I can't remember the name of the song, but uh, it's a great song. But the songs are almost completely identical. <laughs> it, yeah. it happens to everybody where you're like, I've heard this before. So but Howard Hewitt's track. Artist. The name escapes me. So, so the the thing becomes, 
this is the risk that happens when you start making music. No matter what kind of music you make, you might end up becoming accidentally derivative without really even realizing it. And particularly in a scene like Vaporwave or Future Funk, because this is kind of um, a place where you have a little bit of a training ground to work out ideas, right? And people are pretty anxious and people are very anxious to get started and anxious to make something because maybe they never thought they could make anything before and now they feel empowered. And so they're going to do it. And, um, you know, this is the risk you run as an artist. It's in the same way that if you were maybe going to join the punk scene back in the day, you grabbed a guitar and you played three chords. You thought you were That's doing crazy. a song. Yeah, it was like this straight yeah. up a whole new original song, but maybe it sounds exactly like something else. And someone's like, yo, dude, that sounds just like this and it's better. And yeah. uh, but that's the that is the sort of uh, accept, radical acceptance you're going to have to have in a scene that is meant to empower people and to create art yeah. and to be involved and to and give the means of production back to the working class. And, you know, just to um, and to grow, like saturate the market with products and art. And, mm-hmm. you know, the more you saturate, the more maybe people will start when they're not quite ready yet. Uh, and maybe they will accidentally do something like that. But. You know, it's kind of uh, kind of the, the the what what goes it's what goes along with radical acceptance of art. You know what I mean? Mm. This happens. And I if either of you who were either me, of you have me. a moniker that you went by before that you did music under that like. Uh, yeah, like Chris, I had a Chris site, but uh, I want Chris's oh, answer people. first. Uh, okay, I guess. Well, before I started, when I started making the kind of music I wanted to make, it's only been skeleton lipsticks after that. So once I just mm-hmm. once I figured out what my art was before, I'll tell you what mine is. But I'll tell you. But my first one before before I was doing this, I did try and make kind of like uh, electro music, and I did it with my friend under the name Killbot. What was it? Killbot. 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 Bots. The Killbots with a Z. Killbots. Yeah, Z like Z. Kielbasa, yeah, like Kielbasa. the Polish sausage. Yeah, just, just googling just it like, right now. Yeah. Nail, nailed it. Just, just googling. Uh, oh, you guys. Oh shit! This Kielbasa is pretty good. What about you, Colin? With a Z. Uh, yeah, I did music before, and it was in a different genre. Yeah, um, it was like electronic music, just straight elect. I used to sample a ton of stuff. A lot of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, That's amazing. Um, and wow, it was, awesome. uh, and. Uh, Tell them yeah, large marks. Yeah, I a couple times actually. I was an artist called. This was back when I was in middle school. I started a long time ago. Oh, we're gonna but, go um, back that far? Yeah, I, I was pickle oh. pirate. Pickle pirate. pirate. Yeah, and then it sounds I like a Veggie Tales episode. Well, you'd be on the more wholesome take on that, um, because when I started <laughs> showing it to my friends, they were like, "Hey, I just looked that up," and that's I don't think you want to call yourself like that. <laughs> Anyway, so that was what my original one was. And then I changed briefly when I started focusing more on DJing to my DJ name of Kid Nichols, which was a... Uh, Kid Nichols? I realized I aged out of that real quick. I was like, okay, I'm not really a kid anymore. I don't know. It's like the well, I have young music. in my title. I'm I Kid mean... Nichols, eh? So, yeah, you have young do you mean Nichols oh. like the coin? Kid Nichols, which was or a like... character in the show uh, Misadventures of Flapjack. In Flapjack. one episode, gotcha. I used I picked so, up from one episode of something. <laughs> um, I used to have a yeah, site, and, I would, and oh, I didn't want to cut you off. Did you have any other old monitors? No, that was it. Me, Kid Nichols. <laughs> no, I didn't mean oh, to talk no, over actually, Colin. I wanted to hear what I did he had have to say. another one. I have another one that I use for joke songs. I call Treat Williams. Treat Williams is a oh, name of a fun. fictional character that does. I love that really stupid joke music. <laughs> Uh, so I do that too. 
I like it's weird because I like when people you have should, a lot uh, of plug money. your SoundCloud in the chat. Oh, my SoundCloud. Yeah, um, the Treat Williams SoundCloud. Oh, Treat. Okay. Uh, you want? <laughs> okay, I got one. <laughs> Do it, please. I used to. Right, I don't Isaac. make music. I'm not cool like name? you guys, but I used to run a it's site. Probably on. It's all. If you go, if you comb through, no one. I, I don't advise anybody to do this, but if you comb through my SoundCloud, I'll label some songs differently. Um, let me see. I'll find a Treat Williams one. Oh, please do. And uh, and while I, you yeah, do that, I'll just mention. There was one I sang about Goofgate. 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 Is that when the Blake Goofy, Goofy album you know, came Goofgate. out? Who had sex with Goofy? Oh, obviously, oh, of course. Uh, that would be the cow that had sex with him. That oh, I mean, yuck does right. rhyme with. Um, Isaac, did you have any other previous? I monikers? just, I, I never had another DJ name. Um, Young Shido is the only name I've ever gone by as a DJ. Good one. Uh, thanks, good one. bro. Um, but I used to run a website, and I'm sure you, you remember it was called a uh, Tiananmen Square Dance. Yes. Of course, I remember Tiananmen Square Dance. <laughs> a good name. I knew Colin would appreciate Tiananmen. that. Tiananmen Square Dance. I told us I remember that. I, I, was, on words, I was on Tiananmen I Square Dance. Stuff. Thank okay, you. I'm posting. Uh, this oh, is not shit. even that long ago. This is stuff that I have been. I do stuff that I know is never going to make it onto an album. Never. never. Yes, I There's do. There's going to be a time where I'm like, what about oh, you guys? I'm, missing a, I'm missing two minutes. So I got to put a song about who had sex with Goofy on there. <laughs> that, that it's never going to be that track. moment. That's <laughs> no, never going to happen. Never, never, never going to happen. Where that's the last spice you need is a song about Goofy yeah. having sex. Um, like, that is the most liminal of liminal spaces. Hey, um, what, Colin, how did you get into Vaporwave? I think actually, um, I really, uh, it was through... Um, I was on. Tw I've been on Twitter for a long time. I, like I, I um, vaguely remember your answer to this on a private suite podcast, but I don't. Yeah. Think okay. So I used to. I mean, I was. I started using Bandcamp, and somebody had told me about Bandcamp, and I was like, okay, let me look at. The, at back in the time when I got on Bandcamp, there were not that many albums posted all the time. Like now, it's like every couple minutes there's a new album posted. So like, I was seeing this. Um, I think the first album I bought was uh mana pool by Vapor. oh that's a good one and it was just like what is this and i was so i was like curious about it and i didn't really see like there was a span of time where like i bought that right when it came out and then like maybe like half a year or months where it was just like i'm not really seeing i'm not finding anything else like that so it took a while for me to find more stuff like it and i think then once i found um somebody recommended iacon's dissonance album it's the one with mm. like the the head and the i've not heard that one record. that's probably my favorite vaporwave album I really think that's my true dissonance by iacon okay yeah um that's one of those artists that like you know when i feel like hey i feel like dropping another artist track i i drop one of those um i have heard a lot of talk about iacon lately like they're kind of underrated a lot of people forget about iacon but it's a good i need to hear point. more if of their work like, if you like stuff that's not super chopped you like the slowed down sound stuff but not super slowed down like it's it's minimally slowed down it just it's a, it's transformed enough to okay. the point where you're like this is a different song than the original and the it's i mean the the production on it i don't people disagree on it a lot um i say the production is great obviously if it's like my favorite vaporwave album i think it is mm -hmm. um some people say that the uh the drums are a little too heavy-handed you know too much kick a lot of artists are guilty of that i think using the kick drum as a uh, percussive in like like a everything can get a kick drum over it 
So was um, it a big experience for you when you heard this? Was that like yeah. a, was that a big deal? Like, I, I have not heard this sound before. What what where else? Where does this come from? Um, I guess I mean this was for me. It was a watershed moment because that was where I started like really wanting to share that I liked this music. Like mm-hmm. I that I, I, no no hate towards Vaporer, but like when I played that for other people, they didn't get as psyched about it. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, it's yeah, electronic. they're like, oh, this is music to put you to sleep. This is electronic. I hear it all the time. I, I felt like it was similar enough to electronic where it was like, all right, well, this is minimal electronic. You know, at that time, trap was sort of a, a word that was coming to public consciousness. So it was like, okay, this this is like that. And I can't kind of get it. Um, but when I heard that album, the uh, Icon album, that was where I was like showing it to people and they're like, this doesn't sound like anything I've heard. And I like that side of it. Um, so that getting excited about it and like getting pumped to share the music, that's what made me want to try and make my own music. And I don't really make any music like him, but, um, you know, I've become, I've talked to him over online and, uh, we were, you know, we don't talk as much anymore. I think that happens with a lot of people. You just kind of fall out of conversation every once in a while. Um, but like for a good, a couple of years, like we were talking like good friends and that's really cool. I think that's another part of Vaporwave that I've heard a lot of people very talk common about. Experience that's how Vaporwave. I met Chris. You can connect with people. Yeah. And that's that, a very common experience. When yeah. you can meet the, the person that you love their music, that really makes, that's where you really feel like you bought into a genre. And it's like, I can reach out and talk to this person mm-hmm. and like give me ideas about, here's how he did certain things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, I have access to the music I like and the artist who I like who makes it. And so that um, that made me kind of really, even though, like I said, like my music is is kind of vapor adjacent. Vapor hop is kind of like it goes back to that kind of older style of, uh, you know, funk vapor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I don't know. Sure. There's been a recent trend to rebrand that as vapor funk. I guess. Is do you guys have any weigh in on that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I yeah. Why don't you feel that better? One. What you said. You're a genre man, right? Better. I, I would. I mean, I like the lo-fi hip-hop sound. I mean, I know you're not like lo-fi hip-hop beats to relax slash study to lo-fi hip-hop, but I mean... Some, sometimes rebranding comes not just because you sound a little bit similar to something, but you may be... You're, you, the way you operate your music is different than it, even if, even if it sounds like something... So, for example, like, you know, a lot of times people will try and say, oh, some of that early vaporwave is actually a little bit more chill-wavy. And I'm like, well, if we're going to define things like that, nah, yeah, but not really, honestly, because the way that those artists operate themselves and their vision and who they're associated with and where they, you know, there's a line drawn. And even if you sound like something, you're not necessarily playing it because you're approaching the music differently than them. You're approaching your scene differently than them. You're approaching your vision differently than them. So even if you kind of sound like it, you know, you ain't it. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point, man. And like you fit more with vaporwave. <laughs> you know I imagine I mean? you, you probably got a lot of that, didn't you? Who me? Yeah. Uh, what, what did I? Well, yeah, no, I, bet I am you vaporwave. Did. Oh, sure, but I am vaporwave. What do people usually, Chris? What do people usually label your style of music as? I have no fucking clue. Fucking unclassifiable, baby. <laughs> I've been called everything mm. from synthwave before synthwave became called something different to VHS yeah. pop to vapor pop to chill post chill wave to hypnagogic pop 
nope, yeah. vaporwave. It's vaporwave. And guess what? I'm one of the first stars from the scene. So we were doing this before it was even all full samples. You know, that was just another outgrowth of the scene. And it it's just was the easiest. Yeah, it, I like well, that. Just like, just like the echo, the echo jams were just an outgrowth of the original scene. And it just was the easiest. <laughs> Farplane says electronic music oh, artist. Fuck that. Oh, sorry. Dance <laughs> music. Every I hate that. Like I hate the just, genre dance music. Go to your. I mean, if you you should support your local record store. But if you go hit to your gothic. local record oh, store, oh, Lux Elite said hit, hit the gothic pop, everything. and she's right about that with that one album. Everything just songs. Goes into electronic. I love. I, I mean, I love gothic music too. Um, but hip the hip the gothic, hip the gothic pop. I I um, clean I uh, claimed that uh, title for certain songs on uh Close the Melt. I was gonna say that is such a Chris thing. Hypnogothic pop. I love that label. Because you, Loki, have a little bit of like a goth, like aesthetic. Yeah, it's not even Loki. About it's it. high key. No, it's a skull. Was... You got a skull I, as the mask. I do, and but I don't consider it goth at all. Honestly, I just consider it playing with yeah. styles. In my opinion, vaporwave is all about playing with certain aesthetics and certain styles to get whatever mood, whatever idea you want across for particular songs or an aesthetic for something. So, if mm. you want to pick that for your little like brand for that moment to to uh, put out that particular message, you use it. But I completely resist the idea of being called goth. I don't consider myself goth. I consider it. Uh, I consider myself vaporwave. And I consider a dark side in you know in comparison to my big passionate bright. This is my well. darker album. Well, know, it's right? not even there. This is my blue phase. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even consider it like particularly dark here and there. I just, it's just, it's listens to a lot of, of dream aesthetic. The thing that <laughs> the aesthetic is what you use, and that's the nice thing about vaporwave is the playground to create what you want and to not be bound to one particular identity. You know what I mean? At least yes, that's sir. how I view it, and that's honestly. I love the whole. genre benders, People. man. Acts like you yeah. or like Abelard or Navigator or it'll just... Be, it'll be a cold day in hell before you can give a distinct subgenre. Genre bending is so fucking cool. Cold day in hell. I, I actually have a question. That. Colin, do you make other music? I mean, aside from other projects, older projects, do mm -hmm. you make other music besides kind of the lo-fi, like vapor hop, vapor funk sound? What else do yeah, you dabble actually, in? Actually, um, I think, Chris, you heard some of the stuff that I'm putting out on my next album. It's more vocal. Um, oh just, yeah, like, that was that's great. great. You were doing that was great. You yeah. you were killing it with that, man. I really, yeah. uh, really, that's I really appreciated you trying to, you know, just being like, you know what, I want to do this now. Yeah, fucking throw I yourself into so it. And I thought you did a great job. Yeah, so that's that's gonna be like the the newer album that's gonna be coming out. Um, Sick. Uh, I'm not plugging it because I have no idea when it's coming out yet. But I'm working with John from uh, Business Casual. Oh yeah, release that. What an outstanding curator John is. Yeah, he is, cool man. Um, he's he really just is. the most fantastic curator of projects in the scene, in my yeah. opinion. Just if you look at the entire Biz Casual. I mean, before 100 people, release. Business Casual, as they used to be called, BizCas87, yeah. was the premier like Vaporwave label. I remember I, I was pining for the day that the new yeah. a lot of people's first comp would because, come out. Yep. What, mm -hmm. what does he call his, his annual comps? Digital Office. When the new Digital Office came out, yeah. I like, oh, I'm right on that shit. Just like when the new Keats Collective yeah. or Stratford Court comp would come out, I downloaded the same day. Like, you know, he gets so many, gets so many demos probably, and like he yeah. just reaches in and he pulls out the ones that are he, he fucking really well, really yeah. well. He's got everything on there. He's got synthwave. He's got vaporwave. He's yeah. got. Curating out of it, and it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I. It's crazy because it was like to the point where I knew, like, I know him 
from talking to him and we're friends and and like we do streams and stuff together but even then like i was like all right i've got this music i'm gonna i want to release it and i know that he's a discerning person when it comes to demos like he listens to everything Mm -hmm. and then he doesn't Mm -hmm. pick everything um Mm -hmm. so i was you know happy about that that he was into it um and uh yeah i think that 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 business casual is definitely it was either a I mean, when we're talking about like 2016, 2017 ish, I think it was either a first or second step for people to like go, hey, here's a place that regularly puts out this stuff. Oh, yeah. Every Friday, I think. That was a uh, that was a really, really brilliant move on his part, because honestly, Mm -hmm. it was one of the first labels I remember doing that, releasing something every Friday or multiple releases every Friday. And I remember when BizCast first started doing that back in like 2013 or 14 or whatever. When it first started i remember thinking i guess i remember thinking like what is this like every week there's like three albums i can't even how's that <laughs> like what's that yeah, and then eventually right. oh and then eventually i uh i remember like going back and i remember like just like years later just checking vaporwave releases on Bandcamp and like just it had dominated the vaporwave charts. I mean, you got to have yeah. respect for some of the early players like Beer on the Rug yeah. and Fortune 500, but Bizcaz has like, the but, longevity aspect. But Bizcaz did this thing that, like, it, like it was he wasn't just curating a label; he was curating a whole scene. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, once you clicked on vaporwave, like for a while there, and maybe even still now, like every release for like the top releases in vaporwave was a Bizcaz release. And they were all fucking great, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. And I remember even the like doing. It was really. I know. Like, I... It was cool for Fortune 500 to have so many like. All right, like there were some iconic releases that helped lay the groundwork, but when you talk about consistency and like, like you said, longevity, like when you have only a couple albums a year, and not all of them are hits, like those misses kind of keep it from being. A reliable source to go to like if you if that second album that they put out that year is a miss it's like okay well i guess i'm not feeling that label right now because they only had those couple albums but with business casual it was like all right every i'm guaranteed to enjoy something from mm-hmm. there yeah and you um, and, but, and with that model you could subscribe to the record label yeah and now yeah. every friday you would get every release and so just more and more people subscribe more and more people you know we're we're getting the releases and uh then one day you clicked on i'm you know i'm starting the terminally chill party and i'm like let me get some new vaporwave i, I know Fucking yeah. business casual yeah. baby is business casual time to baby. cannibalize this yeah this label. Business casual man i'm like wow yes. fucking did it he did john it. is brilliant and, uh, yeah Amazing oh my god guy. and then i think it's like all the albums are great but um you know back to i guess the original so um, many stuff back to it back to some of the original stuff though so when you started sort of falling into the whole vaporwave hole were you just like oh wow this goes really deep there's a lot of stuff here i'm gonna like what is this what was that journey like for you when you really fell in and started seeing just how vast this whole thing was and how devoted the audiences were I didn't really start interacting with people and that becoming a big thing until I started releasing more music. So there was a good amount of like, I don't know, uh, 2014, whenever that album came out, whatever Icon's Dissonance came out, I think it was 2015, maybe. Um, So there was an amount of time where I was just kind of like encapsulated and I like listening to this by myself. And then it was when I, I started seeing that Business Casual like had consistent releases that I was like, oh, there's a culture around this type of music that it's, I mean, if a, a label, 
And it's cool because when you start seeing that and you don't know the backside of it, you think mm. it's bigger than it, you know, the operation yeah. is. It's a one guy operation at the heart of it. And yeah. it, so I was like, this is like a real label like this. And not to say it's not a real label now, but it's a different type of label, you know? Um, and I remember wanting to, I think I submitted some music to them and, you know, for people that are starting making music, uh, it's okay to get turned down by places. Like, it's very good I was advice. Like, it's I expect, okay. I, nice. I was like, I love this stuff. I don't think I'm really at it yet. Maybe I could, maybe he thinks I am. And so I submitted some stuff and I was like, nope, didn't hear back. And so like, I was like, whatever, I'll just make up my own, uh, make, I like, that's when I decided I'm going to make my own micro label and put out my own stuff. So I put out like a, a dozen albums of my own stuff. And then eventually I came back around to talking to him just out of, you know, coincidence. Um, and I think in that course of starting my own micro label, that's where I kind of started to see much more of that interaction because I had to promote a little bit more. And so I started getting more like, oh, well, the wizard character is something I can use to promote. Um, it is a persona that I can kind of tie to the label. Yeah. Um, I mean, label nice. is under my name, but it, you know, all the artists are, you know, get their, their credit for the albums. Um, yeah. So that's, that was, that was my kind of segue from there. I did have a question. I wanted to ask you guys about this, and this is more of an ethics and vaporwave, and maybe social media question. Interesting. Um, what is the role you believe? I think I told Isaac I, I wanted to. Uh, yeah, we also have another thing you said you wanted it. to talk about after this. Yeah, yeah not the cubic circle. Well, maybe we'll get that. Maybe. Um, well, it's what's the role that criticism? I was going to say, what's the ro role that criticism? Vapor Gator, yeah, okay, I, I can see that. Um, what's the role that criticism plays in in a small genre as compared to a larger genre? In larger genres, it's it's generally accepted that you're going to have pl places like Pitchfork giving reviews, giving scores. However, like I've noticed, Cantano. yes, yeah, um, I've noticed that when I've done that, I've given I've given great reviews. I've given people like, hey, go listen to this. But I've also given honest reviews of here's why this is not really what I'm into and here's why I don't like it. And nobody looks at, I mean, I don't care how many likes or things things are getting, but there is a visceral response to negative criticism in the vaporwave community. And like, it's like, okay, I'm not saying something deconstructive. I'm saying something constructive like, hey, the concept of this album like i'm thinking of one in particular where I, I went hard on this album the concept was about cults and it did not match like me being somebody about. that likes to study uh, I, I love uh watching documentaries on cults just as a so i was like hey this concept appeals to me and then it didn't flesh out in the album and i kind of made that a a point of discussion in in the review of it and people like legit hated me because of like, I mean, you can guess who the people that made the album hated me. Cause they're like, this criticism is bullshit. You can't say that kind of stuff. And so like, I, I feel like, yeah, there's a, you can be defensive of your art. That's fine. But like, I don't think you can be defensive to the point where you can deny people a critical take on, on your work. And okay. even though Vaporwave is a very small genre that needs, I, I do think it okay. needs a little more nurturing than other other genres. Um, I don't think a criticism is gonna, you know, unless like you're derail very, very the whole insecure. fucking genre. 
All right. Exactly. So, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell somebody that they're out of the and they're right. like, "Well, right. I'm gonna throw away the synthesizer." I guess like not, that shouldn't happen unless you're very insecure of your work as, right. as well. So, so okay. that's my so question. Is, who wants to take this first? You go for it. All right. What's your take? So, my take is honestly the people who I actually think I know which album you're talking about, and honestly the people, who, yeah, the people who. Um, so when somebody makes an album. And I'm not speaking on any album in particular right now, but they make an album that is a little bit subpar and isn't very, maybe not the technically best album or not the most original album or, you know, not really that great. I'm going to tell you right now that those albums, people forget about them and they don't do that well. And they're just like, the, they will, they're going to not do that well. Like people are very supportive in this scene. People are very yeah. kind in this scene. But at the end of the day, every motherfucker in this scene is a fucking music expert. They all, every person you know in Vaporwave is a fucking music expert. They know about good music. They know what bad music is. And at the end of the day, a lot of them will just probably not listen to that album. You know, they'll know it's not that good either. Most of the people in Vaporwave have very good taste in music. It's not like this is the first music they've ever heard in their life. They're being very supportive. I've noticed that too. In general. But like, I'm telling mm -hmm. you right now, there's nobody who's a dummy in Vaporwave. They are like, everybody gets to this genre because they know about a lot of other music <laughs> and they're really crate diggers and they listen to a lot of stuff. So they, probably the person who made it, I don't know, maybe someone makes a bad album. And um, you know, the thing is that maybe they don't make another Vaporwave album after that, or they just kind of drop out of the scene after that. Or, you know, they um, they don't last that long, usually. The people who don't do very good work or don't do work. They that start making Psytrance music. They start, <laughs> yeah, right? So, like, the, honestly, at the end of the day, we don't even really need terrible a terrible amount of criticism in this scene because people already know when it's not that good and it doesn't do that well afterwards. Like, it really mm. doesn't even do that well. Like, it's not like a lot of people, like, probably most of the albums you've listened to where you think someone isn't trying very hard or doing a very good job, you kind of just don't listen to it. And so does everybody else. <laughs> like everybody else doesn't know. I do it either. With that, because I've, I mean, I've had some like takes on. For example, I'm not going to be an asshole here, but I listen to a lot of the new tracks on that comp with, uh, you know, the big, the big artists. You know, oh, and I, I haven't say heard that. that the St. Pepsi track or the Skylar Spence one is lackluster. It's not okay, that great. All, that's true. But you're that's also a talking hot about, you're, okay, take. That is a hot take. But but you're also now talking about like a really big artist who's going to get a lot yeah. more passes than someone mm -hmm. who's a small artist Stan and does a great job. You know what I mean? And Stan Ryan, 100%, <laughs> one of my very good friends. And I actually haven't even heard this song. But I tell you right now, like, you know, different different optics. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, yeah. really big guys are going to yeah, do yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 you're right. And they're going to get away with more. Somebody that, like, right? But somebody, I think the reason why I disagreed, though, is because I could have a, a negative take that is completely valid, and it would not stop anyone from but, listening. But <laughs> if, if, if you really want to exit the world of vaporwave kindness and get some like some some feedback, you can always <laughs> go on radio. You can always exit the world of vaporwave kindness. There's a website. There's rate a website called Rate Your Music where oh. nobody's nice, and I don't recommend Very any good. artist oh. go to that website. No, I don't sir. anybody. That is oh, even other artist. vaporwave artists cannibalize each other on there. No man, that, it's that hilarious. website, that website is, is not for artists. It's not for artists. I'm sure there's a lot of really nice things people say on it too, 
but there's yeah. too much on there. Like True. people, it's a it's a whole culture there where it's like you want to have enough reviews so people listen to you. So you so people will just go on there and one yeah. star a bunch of shit. Like they'll just one star like a hundred things in a row without even knowing what it is, just to build up the reviews because they bullshit. can't give everything a good review or no one will Come listen on. to them. So like yeah, that's don't true. Even, that's, I don't, don't even get involved that. in that. I don't yeah. even get involved in that culture. I haven't looked at that website yeah. since 2012. Damn, rate your music really sucks yeah. so bad. Yeah. Even equip so like if you really want to get like if you really want to get some Vito is an amazing music world okay but has got it a lot of people just write like they they give it a star rating and then like just are like well i didn't listen to it but that rate your music comment caused the chat to blow up Screw rate your music. Screw like, rate your music. I, I Listen, man, it, maybe yeah. it works for other people. Look, I am not going to 100% dismiss rate your music. I'm sure there's a fantastic community on there of people who know what they're doing and share things and learn about music from each other. But yeah. me as a musical artist, that'll kill me. I can't go on that website. I'm so, it's so hard to make music and it hurts so much to make it. You know, you yeah. really give so much of yourself when you do it and you work so hard on it. And it's really difficult. And particularly if you're a vaporwave, if you're artists like like we are, you know, you're trying to do something that has sincerity in it. You know what I mean? That is you. And um, you know, it really sucks to just be a few characters on someone's keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Shout really out in Rail for this track, by the way. Love you, bro. So like, it's not for me. I can't go on that website. If other people, yeah, can, that's, that's a more toxic environment for rating. Not, and also, that's not, not great so for people who are musical them. artists to go on that yeah. website. It's not great it, for people it, who make music. It's really so like it really hurts a lot. <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna see some stuff that doesn't actually help you, and that's where I think that's what I, I want to talk about is like constructive criticism. I think does play a role in it. Like I, I'm not saying you have to shit on an album to to talk about how it could had, you know missed its mark or something. I think you can you know give constructive criticism, and that's why I think like the aversion to that kind of criticism. Yeah. And I know I there's this there's this feeling that a lot of vaporwave artists have is like, well, who are you to say what I'm doing with my art? And it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, I'm you know you don't have to listen to it, but you also don't have to discredit the fact that I have listened and I have an opinion on it. Like you're allowed to have an opinion. Yeah, on you are. And you're allowed to want you things to be better. And um, I, I mean, like, I from I started out in. Um, just some like I, I think I've given this background a bunch of times, but a short version. Like I started running a show house to do punk shows, and Holy there shit. was criticism in that, and like people were much more receptive. Like if a band was sucking at their live shows, like a local band was sucking, like you'd talk to like when I'm hosting the show, I'm like talking to them, like, and and they're real candid about like, hey, people haven't been liking like this, you know, stuff that we've been playing. We're probably gonna like switch it up, and I'd be like, hey, that's maybe a good idea because i noticed that it kind of thinned out when you started playing that last time i mean that track was a little long or something like that that kind of feedback helped them become much better it's constructive you're coaching yeah these i mean they i think that they, i think that these artists them. i think these artists need to have a responsibility to judge themselves they need to develop that you know what i mean and like yeah they need but to in look, an internet-based genre songs. where do you get that from you get that right. from by listening to the artists that you like, studying what they do, actively listening to music, and not just making because you want to participate, but making because you want to have some, you have something to say that you feel is important, musically speaking. So you have to actively listen to the artists that you like or that inspire you, feel what you feel from their music, listen to the frequencies, make something similar. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Take your track and then put it in a playlist. I was just going to say that. Your track, 
in front of your track, mm -hmm. put a song that you like by an artist that you kind of ha want to have the same energy up, and underneath yeah. it, another art track by another artist that is very similar to the sort of vibe or feel that you want. That's a really Actually, good put a couple yeah, of them. I do that too. That's yeah. a good play, idea. I mean, we're all DJs here. There's, like, if there's a precipitous drop, if there's a precipitous drop in quality between their music and your music, back to the drawing board. And precipitous drop That's in quality really, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean technical. It means how do you feel when you hear your stuff? Does it feel flat? Not even a hot take. That's right. a really good idea. Yeah, man. I mean, like, you know, you got to become your own, your own worst critic. And you mm -hmm. can't just make stuff and put it out there and be like, do you like it? Is I do a good job? Is this great? And it's like, Nobody sounds like that. Wait, isn't that a do classroom like sex tape song? You, but you'll that will only take you so far ever in this scene is is yeah. that sort of thing. Your people, people will notice that you're not that. getting that much better and that you're not doing that much more interesting things. Yeah. And you'll fall off. You'll, people, you'll lose, they'll lose interest in you. And you will probably lose interest in making music because you don't know why you're not getting better and it's because you gotta actively listen to what you like. You, know, yeah. you don't, you gotta like, and honestly, you know what? I wish there were more people who didn't make extremely good stuff in this scene because then I'd have less people to worry about <laughs> listening to my music. I work really oh, hard on my music. I know a lot of other people do too. So I have, there's so now, many people in this world who do sister. such good music. So many people are, I'm, I'm just saying how I see it, man. I DJ what fucking brown nose there. I'm the I, opposite. Y'all suck. <laughs> and I'm ready. No, I'm just kidding. You know I what I mean? That, like, I there are so many people. There's people are usually doing a lot of their best work in this scene because there is an audience. A lot of people make music and no, and no one's going to hear it because they don't have a scene like the Vaporwave scene to have an audience. George Clinton said that you give people a scene, they're going to do their best work. And a lot of people in Vaporwave are doing their very best work because they know that when they put it out there, people are going to probably hear it. Everybody hears a Vaporwave album if you release it. Somebody's going to hear it. As opposed to if you're in your local scene and you're twiddling around on your keyboards and you're like, will someone listen to my music, please? And everyone's like, no, we only like, you know, this kind of music in this city. So, like, you don't have anybody. Like, <laughs> you're begging, like, your local radio station to play you or some bullshit like that. Like, whoever we all had to. You're fucking oh, asking your, your media, your local press of your city to give you any kind of fucking attention. And no, yeah. you don't have But in Vaporwave, you have people that are going to hear you. You have a scene here, man. We fucking built a scene for you to fucking have people to hear your shit. Me and all the other fuckers who like started this stuff built a scene for you to have this great world where people can hear your stuff. So I like to believe that most of the time people are doing their very best work. And maybe they don't get it right right away and they use the wrong yeah. city pop. I don't sample. think anybody's out there going, I'm going to put a piece of shit out. I don't but think like, anybody believes that. I think that they will, that because this is a discerning crowd, you might get away with not doing the greatest work or kind of like lazy work initially because maybe people like you and they want to be supportive, but you will yeah. drop off. You will certainly not make it that too long if you don't continue to to elevate your skills and to challenge mm. your ideas on music. I like to believe that, at least, sir. You know what that's, I mean. So that's a very that's a, you're 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 of the meritocracy mindset where you honestly believe that good quality will survive and that is going to rise to the top. I I happen to find that although we started talking about this is going back to the 3D blast tweet that like I think. Not like social media presence, music and the music people are putting out is a bit more gimmick driven than it is quality driven. And some music that is not super high quality stays on. I, I see some things that are like, especially in, and I hate to keep bringing it back to this, but Future Funk, I, I hear artists that are not pushing to where I see other artists in the same year, same genre, same exact style. Um, and they're still holding on with 
tons and tons of uh and this isn't an i'm jealous kind of thing it's just like i'm confused at well why is there such a loyalty to something that is not pushing any envelopes anything that is you know it's not really even doing things better than people that have you know similar amount of followers like why are they not being taken to task i guess is what i'm saying i don't um, know maybe something speaks to them that isn't speaking right to Fellas, we are a little yeah, bit over time. Be. Do we want to keep? Do we want to keep this going. going, or do Let's we want to keep going for like another yeah. ten or fifteen minutes? I know Colin and has then to we'll get do a up. wrap up. I feel bad but, for you yeah, guys, sure. but look, I, I, yeah, I no, honestly, look, the the problem is that like we we gotta be we gotta be diplomatic. So like I don't know who you're talking about or what artist you're talking about. All I can say is that maybe something speaking to the fans. Somebody something that they do. Yeah, is, possible. Is, is, keep is, in like, mind the future funk is very danceable. It's very. It just, that I mean, Chris, appeal. you DJ yeah. for, for live audiences, you know that the future funk just gets I people love moving. Future funk. I, I like I it love too. I love Weibo future funk too, because the greatest producer in this whole fucking scene is Mo Shop. And he, and, I'm sorry, they use all kinds of Japanese uh, cute girls and stuff all over their imagery. Mm. And Mo Shop is the undisputable to me best producer in the whole fucking scene. Wow. Have you watched their okay. like production videos and how they make their music and all the cool equipment they do? Even equipped stands Moy Shop. Far none, in yeah. my opinion. And yeah, I, agree. I don't think it's debatable. And they do all that kind of Weibo stuff. So I don't know, man. Weibo. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is that yeah, what we call no. it? I don't, I don't really do I agree. that. I agree. Oh, uh, Alexa's going yeah. to bed. Okay. But Where's anyway, um, but, but yeah. anyway, I, I want to get, what's the other, there was another thing that you wanted a hot take you had that was like, we wanted to get that one next. Right? Yeah. I want to, I want the juicy stuff. Okay. What's the next one? There's one more, right? Okay, so There's I was just one. saying that like, Man, Colin, okay, thank you. The, you are the best. You're an awesome guest. appreciate you very haven't much. Haven't you only me. had two? That really makes indie sound bad. Well, no, you guys are great. You're both great. I just, I can't believe how lucky we are to keep having such fascinating people with such awesome ways of viewing music. And amazing opinion. Oh yeah, let's keep it going. Yeah, so the the uh, we can probably dive into this super quick. Um, the other criticism I've gotten is that I bring up topics a lot, and, like similar topics a lot, especially. And this goes. Uh, this is what I was talking about. Um, I've I've argued with Barb Walters every now and again. I bring Damn. up the question of the connection, the interconnectedness of of uh, anime visuals, and you were talking about that with um, Macross um, and Future Funk, and how it is a crutch rather than a um rather than something that really pushes them to make anything better um and how you were saying like originally it didn't actually have to have that connection and it didn't mean that the music was worse like obviously imagery does not affect the audio however um what, what whatever the correct notion of should they do it or not um the issue that i usually come up come to with barb walters is he asks like hey, haven't you asked this already? And and my my response is always like, well, yeah, truthfully, yes. But scenes change, scenes evolve. And so the nature of discourse, I mean, when I come back to a question a year later, it's recursive. Things have changed by the time I've asked it a second time. Maybe it's a minor thing, but how are you not, how are you going to know that unless you ask or are, you know, able to engage in that type of conversation? So that kind of questioning i feel like is helpful especially if it's somebody like me that i i honestly i'm not i ask it in a way that's not like hey it sucks they do that i'm like hey i noticed that this is a thing still why do you think that is and and a lot of people are like upset i guess or or bothered by the fact that a question still is being asked 
and I've heard that a lot. Like, have you guys noticed that with other types of questions in Vaporwave or Future Punk, where it's like, why are you still asking that question? Um, which one? Which is the most? But yeah, what do you guys think about that? Like, I mean, rec I'm the recursive nature of musical discourse. It's kind of yeah, it's fun. So for me, like, I'm the sort of person who, if I saw, if I made Future Funk and I saw everybody doing one type of thing, like, I would be like, this is a great opportunity for me to stand out. Right, <laughs> like, to, like, not do that thing. It's a great opportunity for me to aesthetically stand out. Like, there are a lot, and, like, there are artists who do something that is, like, still some sort of strange cartoon-based sort of ideas, but it's completely different. Like, Super Flats albums, it's like, you look at it, it's not anime. It's something completely different, you know? And yeah. even with his vocal mm -hmm. samples and stuff, it's usually some sort of 60s cartoon or, or 70s uh, TV show. Like, he's... So he's like mixing up all kinds of ideas and imagery and you know one thing looks like this but one thing feels like this and like that's really what you need to do is you really and that's like the best way to make vaporwave in general is to confuse the audience and to un make them think they're, they're going to get one thing but then a completely different thing happens you know what i mean mm. i mean you talk about the goth imagery and stuff with me and i'm like yeah i know i'm going to do that and then something's going to be a little bit different and not exactly what you expected once you get it i hope a bunch of people goth people go in expecting joy division and get something completely different you know what i mean like and i think that's a great way to approach these sorts of things it's like when you see a lot of people doing greek busts for every album you're gonna do something different right you're gonna you're gonna change it up you're gonna make your imagery look different and it, but the problem is that that's a little bit of a risk for people because they're afraid that they're gonna fall out of the logarithm sometimes if they don't use similar tribal iconography right you know maybe they're afraid that they're that they try and stray too far they're gonna lose a potential audience and maybe people won't hear them i guess yeah and honestly i mean that's i don't recommend that you know i recommend trying to stand out as as my advice but i do understand that some people they want to be cautious or maybe i like and i also hate to say this and this will be a hot take i don't know maybe some aren't that creative i'm not sure <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some Man, people graphic design is like not the their under forte. The surface, that's what, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's another conversation. Um, somebody was saying, uh, I think the whole weeb question in Future Funk is usually associated with, oh, this guy's a snob who hates anime. That is exactly what I've heard a lot, which is weird because I collect anime. I have probably the largest collection in of anime DVDs out of anybody I know. Weeb. Um, just I like, because I, I love like, it. You know, I saw someone mention Groovy Kaiju, and I really love what he does with his imagery. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's got like. It's yeah. got that sort of like hint of Japanese culture, but then you get something. Sometimes it's that, but then sometimes it's something completely different. And then even yeah. the imagery for the album. And Groovy's you know, been Godzilla, to Japan. Godzilla slam, yeah. Godzilla slam dunking the basketball. Like that's oh, yeah. fun. Isn't man. that sick? That's mixing up ideas. Love Groovy Kaiju. It's sick man, I love Groovy Kaiju. Like yeah. let's just like say that like you know there are people True. who are like Groovy Kaiju super, love in the chat. Super flat Groovy Kaiju who are really doing something kind of fascinating, you know, with I find that yeah, imagery. people appreciate that kind of different thing, but there's also a huge group that appreciates things to stay the same. Yeah. And, and so like I find that myself wanting to see more like as a listener, I want to see more stuff like Groovy Kaiju that has its distinctive image and, you know, has that kind of style. And I get a lot of pushback from like, well, this is what they like doing. And I understand, yeah, you like doing that. But also I see kind of like, I, I'm, I'm very, I want, I think as a listener, not just as an art, like a musician, I think you should be able to ask for what you want to see and hope that you can see more of it, you know? So if I ask for more unique, uh, you know, maybe not just using anime imagery as the cover. Like, I don't think that's automatically saying I hate anime. Do you know what the best way for you to do these sorts of things is on Twitter? 
the best way for you to do that sort of thing is to find the stuff you like, to find the artists who are doing the things that are interesting that you like, and to repost them. You know what I mean? Is to put them, to give them as much of a forum as you can. You know what I mean? Oh, when someone does something positive energy like, out there. Yeah. You know, when there someone does something you like and is doing, and you want to see more of it, you know, I always like, I'm a big fan of male tears. I really love male Hell tears. Hell yeah, male tears. I love what Ray male tears love James Spencer. I have loved male tears since I first heard, you know, his, his, his initial EPs. And I was like, I want more of this. I want this in the Vapor Zeitgeist more. So like every oh, yeah. opportunity I get, so I skilled, like repost male two. tears. I repost male tears, yeah. or I put them in my playlist, or all kinds. I'm of working stuff. on a or I, or I remix of their stuff right now. Oh hell yeah. Right now, yeah! Oh my god, that's I gonna love, be so that's gonna cool, be so man. nifty and here, like, man. I remember before everybody yeah. started to really know who male tears was. Like I know that I was trying initially to just put put it out there. I was sending it to Lux, I, you know, all that stuff, because you know I you know I want to I'll look for the stuff that I want to see more often, and then I'll uh, yeah. I'll try and give it as much of a. Uh, as much of a platform yeah. as I can, you know what I mean? And then maybe that will change things too, you know what I mean? All right, Wiz. Somebody's asking about anime in the chat. Uh, I just want to give a shout out. Great Teacher Onizuka is a good one, but if you're a, a I'm going to be weird. Some people might like this. If you're a pervert, <laughs> the best show is called Golden Boy. That's e the best yeah. What other shout outs yeah, do you sure. want to give? Do you want to shout out any people in particular? Or do you want to plug any upcoming projects or links yeah. or yeah sure you have the floor for a few minutes okay um first of all first shout out is for for the show hot takes is i mean it's cool being able to talk about oh. stuff and and hear nuanced replies that are not in twitter form <laughs> like that's yeah, i think man. there is a good this is a good place to have discussions like that um so i hope eventually you'll have Thank me back you, on oh of course um, of course We'd so to, man. this has been You're fun awesome. yeah so um, other shout outs. Uh, I run a label called Halcyon Tapes and we're working oh, yeah. on doing a lot of um, I'm really excited about. I mean, I was I'm always excited about everything because I put out stuff I like to listen to. Um, and I'm putting out uh, Stevia Sphere VHS uh, and they're working on some music. And I did a remix, actually. I don't think it's on public yet, but I did a remix of one of their songs. And so the cassette that's going to come along uh, with that is going to have like exclusive stuff. Oh, hell yeah. I know Sphere hasn't come out with much new stuff in the last year, so it's like I'm really excited that they Such agreed to go back in to put some more stuff together. So I'm super psyched about that. I just love there's their someone I'd love aesthetic there's design. Someone there's someone I'd love to have on this show. As well. I remember you mentioning Sphere. We'll yeah, Tova's awesome. Tova seems really cool. Audience. Yeah, so that's the first thing. Um, that's probably the next thing coming out. Uh, there's also... I don't know if I have a copy of it nearby. Um, what, I, I love video game music and um, hell yeah, Kit. So there's an artist called Kid Aristides that uh, did a kind of cover, an analog synth cover of uh, Final Fantasy IV, oh, wow. um, which in the U.S. was uh, two, and mm -hmm. that. So they have that coming. I have that coming out. It's a split with uh, an album they have called Atone. So there's I love Final really Fantasy cool. IV. I would love such to, a great to game. Jobs oh yeah, you get to awesome. go to the moon. It was you have a hard as fucking shit. You have a you have a question in, in the chat, uh, Colin, from uh, yeah. Wiz0083. I wanted to ask Wiz, running a label, what's the biggest disconnect between what people ask from a label and what you can do slash actually get, sub get supported? 
I think we kind of talked about this when we talked about BizCash, and I think the best thing any label can do is have a clear vision of what they want to curate, and that's where the disconnect usually comes from, because you're going to put out stuff that you like, that you hope that other people like, um, and when you can find the audience that connects to that thing, that you, that's when you really find, you know, the success that you're probably thinking of when you're like, hey, I want to put music out. I want to, you want to connect with the people that like it, so... I think the biggest disconnect is usually uh, um, some labels. I mean, I'm guilty of this. I, you can, there's there's a downside to having too diverse of a portfolio when it comes to artists on a label. Like if you go, hey, yeah. this person's got a trip hop album. Like I get a lot of submissions that are like trip hop, and it's like I love this. It's not really what I want to put out. I feel like it would kind of make the cohesiveness of, of what gets put out on the label a little weak and I think that that yeah. might turn people off so that's that's where a disconnect comes when people bring you something that they think would be good for the label and you're like I don't really vibe with this I love the music I, I don't think I've ever hated music that somebody sent um, but there have definitely been ones that I like that I just don't see working so that's where there's a disconnect you lose a couple people where they're like oh so you don't like it it's like no it just doesn't work you know for me yeah and i always I try to finish that conversation with that person with but i know this label does do that and i i, I don't want anybody to feel like their music is not worth listening to because i listen to it and um it works on another label you know and i'm a super small label i have a i have very few i try to do one a month at the, or two a month sometimes um and so I really do have to kind of like pick and choose a lot because most artists have a very short timeline that they want to release on. They're like, my album's yeah. done. I already have it on SoundCloud. And I'm like, all right, well, that's it's already out. Like, that's a down. <laughs> For me, that's a little bit of a downside because there's no... L label identity. There's no exclusivity. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm okay with releasing stuff that has already come out, but I would prefer not to. And so there's a little... It's really just like the disconnect yeah. is how do you want to run your label as compared to how people think that your label works and then making sure that the conversations are productive even when they have a different idea than you are going with and and if it doesn't match completely you know put them on put them on to what will work for them because i think you you can take the time if you're going to say you're rec declining to take it you can take the time to add the sentence but this label does do that kind of thing mm -hmm. love it yeah. Did you have any other right. shout-outs or any other plugs or, or um, promotion you want to do? Uh, obviously, BizCash. I'm eventually putting stuff out. I'm doing Hell a really yeah. cool art thing for that one. I can't uh, wait to see it, man. The yeah, artist, um, Madeline, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll be blasting a bunch of their uh, work on social media in the near future. They do lino cuts, um, so I have, uh, have them working on like an original piece for that, and it's... I mean, it's crazy seeing people do craft work in 2021 that requires hand making things. Um, so I'm excited right. about that. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, you know what? I'm working on something with um, Vaporer. His uh, moniker is Sports Girl. Sports Girl. Um, we're gonna put out. We're gonna put nice. out a VHS and a cassette as well. That's right. So that's in the process. Um, basically, just a lot of stuff to look forward to. And um, yeah, uh, you know who I want to give a shout out to. Yeah, the one person that I'm not even putting stuff out by them, but I, I want to put on the radar, uh, Trash Ghost, who goes by Ghost now. Yeah, we're all. I think we all love Trash here. Ghost in this. We yeah. all love Trash Ghost. Where here. is Tyler? Yeah, I don't know. I was messaging him earlier today. Um, but uh, so him, yeah, just anything He's he puts great. out. 
He's also solid, very dude. super critical of himself, so I'm always like, it's a shame. Oh, man, Everyone loves Trash Ghost. Music. Nobody yeah, has anything yeah. bad to say about Trash Ghost ever. I love know? Trash Ghost, so anytime I get a chance, right, I'm always I like, I love Trash Ghost. Uh, for I sure. hope he sees this. Or Ghost. Yeah, it's not a hot take. I'll we tell him agree, about right? it. That's not a hot take. That's a cool take. That's Everybody a, that's likes an awesome Trash take. Ghost. We all love Trash Ghost. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. If Just that's it, Chris. Myself. Actually, Was let that... me let me real quick do a couple plugs, and I'll let you yourself. finish off oh, if that's oh, okay. Because you're gonna announce probably... the next guest. Yeah, and I probably have something. To plug yeah. Out. So, um, as you guys I know, uh, Rosewood had its uh, Night of the DJ event last weekend, and thank you for attending, mm. by the way. Colin, that was very, very kind I of like you. That. Uh, yeah. We we smashed our donation goal with the donations that DJ Sabrina, the teenage DJ, did uh, with her or there or uh, don't know who DJ whoever Sabrina is, whoever they are. They they donated fifty percent of the proceeds of the exclusive CD that they did for their set and dumped like a, a fat three hundred dollar donation off the top, which put us at about two thousand dollars to the National Alliance on oh, Mental boy. Illness. That's um, we had uh, of course Lipstick Elite. DJ Sabrina, the Teenage DJ, uh, Groovy Kaiju, myself, and Feats, along with a after party with uh, Vaporwave Shine and Keb, and then we raided Pokari Online. Everybody knows, well, everybody should know Pokari Online. Um, we had, so we smashed our donation goal. Shout out Dan Soko for pulling DJ Sabrina and Lipstick Elite yes. and organizing the whole event. Uh, shout out to the visualists, Will Wade, DS Dude, uh, Indie Advent, and Chief Elif, who all did. An astounding job, especially DS Dude, who streamed the entire thing, put the entire thing together, including wow. all the intro cards. Daniel always outdoes himself. We had an average viewership of, I think we hit 100 viewers during the first set, Feats is set. We had around a peak of maybe 160 during DJ Sabrina. I know I had around 140, 150 during my set, which is the most eyes I think have ever been on my set. So that was amazing. I got a lot of great feedback, a lot of important People were there, including you two. Um, and uh, it was just an all-around a phenomenal night. Uh, big success for Rosewood. Are in this chat for Rosewood. Um, that's my collective. Um, the uh, DJ set is, of course, up on SoundCloud and YouTube. And the um, the VOD is probably still up on DSDude, twitch.tv slash DSDude500. So anyways, that was really cool. I have a set coming out tomorrow, actually, on a British show called Space Jams. My friend Jack does nice. British radio, and I did a lo-fi house set for Space Jams. And it is some of the tightest, cleanest, long blends I have ever done. So I'm very proud of it. Um, a lot of, I don't, I don't know if you fuck with lo-fi house, Colin, but a lot of like DJ Seinfeld, like Ross right. from Friends type vibes. Um, mm, that's coming yeah. out tomorrow. I'm, I'm very excited about that. Um, think that's about it for me, Chris. You when can, did you say that was? Uh, it's coming out tomorrow. I don't know exactly where it's going to be, um, yet, but I, I know it's going to be broadcast across several internet radio stations. Last time I did a Space Jam set was 2019 and it got about a thousand plays on SoundCloud. So that was cool. Awesome. Uh, considering it's SoundCloud, um. But yeah, if you like lo-fi house, keep your ear to the ground because that is hot take. That is my favorite genre of all time. Uh, at least right now it is. Mm. And uh, thank Give you for asking. You I will, man. And, and thank you, by the way, for your interest in my uh, my Neo R&B set that I did for you did, That was a DJ. great set. You also yeah. had some very kind things to say, and I really appreciate it. I put my it was blood, sweat, and tears into that set, man. 
uh, my turn? Yes. Finish it up. <laughs> Finish up okay. the night. Um, all after right. he after he plugs yeah. stuff, can we round up what we talked about? If I want to remind myself. Let's do it. I want to yeah, remind sure. myself. Just all right. So let me recap. let me try and get through this as quick as I can. All right. So upcoming things I have are going to be a uh, uh, for Winter Quilts remix album for O Discordia, which is coming out soon on Aqua Blanca. Oh yeah. I'm doing a remix of his Cloven Hoof. Other artists who are also doing remix on that remixes on that album will be Cell Shade, Eyeliner, Donor Lens, uh, Tokyo Wanderer, and um, uh, Hong Kong Express. We'll all be doing remixes on that album as well. Uh, after that, I also have a album, a song I'm working on with Ming Curie for his uh, nice. first album Ming that Curry he's releasing. Tonight. Yeah, I've been working on a uh, song with him as well. Uh, in addition to that, I have a song that I'm working on with the Frank Jobs E. I'm working on at the moment as well. Uh, in addition to that, I have uh, I'm doing a song for the Silent Hill tribute, which is, I was just asked to uh, participate on by um, uh, uh, the uh, the cyberpunk dream punk artist uh, Life Two Nine Seven Nine. He's got a thing that he's putting together for this. It's going to be released on No Problema tapes. Um, and in addition to this, I do have a melodic ambient album that I have. Yeah, I was waiting in. for you to plug that. Yeah, I'm waiting for that. Well, so the thing is that that is my portion portion of that is completed, but I do I am still waiting for the, you know, the, the contributors to finish with that. So you know they have no time frame for it, but contributors for that album will be uh, people like uh, Golden Living Room, Hawaii '94, Donor Lens, uh, Winter Quilts, and Tower of the Sun. So. You know, that'll come out probably later in the summer or something. You know, I have to get the, um, you know, their parts to add. They're doing, they're all doing guitar parts for me on the uh, melodic al uh, ambient album. So I'm waiting for them to finish up with that. But I can take their time because I got a bunch of other stuff I need to finish. Um, so what else? Oh, I'm going to be uh, doing a stream for Be Careful with the Stray Wave things. Be careful. Shout out Be Careful. Yeah. So that's an active member. And then, um, then I have like a, another album that I've finished, but I gotta like put together and master, and then that'll be hopefully out by the summer as well. Nice. And I'll probably release another single soon called Vapor Never Sleeps, and that'll be out shortly as well. And for now, uh, yeah, that's about it. That's you wanna announce uh, our next guest in two weeks? Oh yeah, and our next guest in two weeks, because we do this show bi-weekly, uh, is going to be uh, our buddy Pete, FM Skyline. FM Skyline, folks. Ooh. So tune yeah, in. Cool. What'll that be? 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern on Monday, right. March 29, FM Skyline. Yes. Ooh, I'll be in the chat. Spring break. Mm. Hey, yeah. Oh, Equip right. said, nice show, boys. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Oh, my God. I have always enjoyed every conversation Speaking of Frank I've had Job with Kevin. C. Speaking of Frank Job C, there's a Frank Job C Equip. Uh, collaboration that came out uh, recently. It's not only it was officially out, but Chill Wave Kittens played it on his show. And Shout it out was Chill Wave Kittens. Oh, fuck. Oh. Very glad we have Chill Wave Kittens curating that show now. Can't wait to meet him now, in person. He's a Vegas boy. Now we we all have a place where we can premiere music. You know what I mean? And like that's a big deal. Back in the day, you would have to just beg some fucking podcast that you didn't even know, who didn't even understand what you <laughs> did, to maybe consider premiering your track. And you're like, can you please post my premiere of my video on your blog? And they're like, who the fuck are you? We don't care. So it's really yeah. nice to have uh, Chill Wave Kittens out there as a great resource for the entire scene now. 
uh, and with you know with an audience with a bigger audience. So that's going to be really good for everybody. It's good honestly. to have a centralized kind of place for it's people great. to look for that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really Very excited helpful. about that. Good, good for chill away kittens and smart for good, good and smart for George. Good Thank for you. smart and smart good for good. Good smart for smart for good George. For good. Yeah. Smart for good George in the chat. Smart for good. Um. All right. So. What do we talk about tonight? I want to, because I don't remember if I learned anything. Oh, oh is this the, God. is this the, I want to recap. I, educational I, takeaway. Oh. Yeah. What were the takes? What takes did we have? Oh, the takes. Uh, people need to be uh, First take, thicker skinned. People yeah. need to be thicker skinned, but also maybe not so mean. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. It's a, it's a, right. I, learned I learned that. I learned, I think okay, I learned so a little bit of that. Here's, mm -hmm. here's a takeaway. Remember that this is a scene that is music and you have a you have an audience when you make music in the vaporwave scene remember this isn't like making it in your hometown you're going to have an audience here so do your best work because you have potential to reach a lot of people who are looking for really cool art so don't just put anything out there do your very do your best work do your best job do your best job your best pay forward. yeah i agree with that be truthful do your best job best job do good smart mm, smart do, do good. good george smart do good mm. Yeah, and that probably is the. I think that was what we came back to yeah. on a lot of those episode two. Yeah. Whether Do it's good, your online, George. your uh, online presence, music you put out, criticism that you give, be honest, be you know truthful, be good. Don't do stuff just to be a troll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. temper your hot That's takes. Good. That's good. Mm, so with that yes, being there's said, there's not always a time for hot takes. If you guys aren't opposed, I'll go ahead and uh, we're going to raid Selecta. Uh, St. Louis, uh, Ronnie Vaporspace is showcasing the St. Louis crew on Selecta oh. STL. So we're going to raid them. Ooh, shout, out, shout out to Ronnie. Ronnie, everyone loves stickers. Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie. Ronnie sent me some sticker. stickers and a really, really beautiful note. So That's thank lovely. you, Ronnie. Ronnie is lovely. Um, thank you again, B, for doing our artwork. Um, Colin, thank you again for being on uh, Hot Takes. I know it's late and you have to get up early. I hope you have a restful sleep. Uh, the kids will feel tomorrow. the ire of my Hot Takes. They will. Thank you guys for being mm -hmm. here. Thank you, chat, for thank being guys, so engaged. Um, everyone who came through, thank you very, very much. And we cannot wait to see you on March 29. Same time, same place for FM Skyline. And with that being said, good night. Let us raid Selecta STL. Let's go. And I put in the command and didn't do anything. Raid. <laughs> select a S <laughs> wait, forward slash raid, select a SDL. All right. Some some important person in the chat, help me out. Don't forget to slash, they yeah, said. Slash space raid. Wait a minute, is that the name of the of the Twitch? So Selecta, S-E-L-E-K-T-A-S-T-L. It was Monica's idea. It was her idea. Oh, you know what? I think I put a space between slash and her. Hey, there we go. All right. That, that's it.